0: a golden god
1: Hello and welcome to Cinematic Series Television for Life. I am <laughs> I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuiper. That was really good.
2: You. <laughs> You're other co-host, Michelle Agan.
1: <laughs> so we're taking a little bit of a detour, I guess, away f- a little away bit. from uh, the norm, and we're talking about how we've spent our summer so far, which has been yeah. me rewatching. And Michelle watching for the first time The Sopranos, uh, which we have both watched from beginning to end. Uh, just within the past couple months, it went very quickly, uh, maybe, maybe even weeks. I mean, it really went fast for both of us.
2: I, I have watched like no movies in the past few weeks because my life has been solely The Sopranos. So there you You're go. welcome.
1: Uh, because I do believe I you, uh-uh. no, you, no, I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. But here's what happened with me: I listen to uh, I get I get these audiobook deals that show up in my email, and mm-hmm. they help cardio time pass more pleasantly because sure. cardio sucks and uh, it's boring. So yeah. I listened to podcasts, I listened to audiobooks, and I was kind of in an audiobook mood. So, I found one that was called Woke Up This Morning. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: Got yourself a gun.
1: <laughs> the Ultimate Oral History of The Sopranos. And it was oh, cool. um, read by Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher, and Steve Schirippa, who plays Bobby. Uh, it was sort of a condensed version of their podcast called Talking Sopranos, which I have now started listening to the entire podcast uh, because that actually breaks down every single episode, whereas the book sort of uh-huh. condenses it a lot more. Um, so it just kind of got me Jones to watch the show again. Uh, and so I did. And then not long after that, uh, I was just kind of talking about I just said, I'm watching the Sopranos. And then you said, you, you got Max. And it's like, yeah, And and I said, you know, you should watch The Sopranos. <laughs> and then you'd send me okay, a so... gift saying that you were watching <laughs> it. But I know I wasn't the only one who told you to watch The Sopranos. I know I was. Yeah,
2: okay. There. So obviously, The Sopranos has been in the culture for 20 something years or whatever. I never had um, access to HBO before or anything. I know I could have bought the series on DVD. I'm sure. Which is how why. I saw it I,
1: for the first time. I saw yeah. it on DVD the first time.
2: And I don't know why I didn't do that. I mean, I was that was kind of a thing where it's like I didn't want to, like, buy anything that I hadn't seen before just in case I didn't like it, which is fucking stupid. Like, of course I was going to like The Sopranos. I love mob stuff. And it's like all the same people. And it's especially when I started watching it, it was like... Ugh. Yeah, I'm so dumb. Of course I was gonna like this. But yeah, as soon as I got Max not too long ago, like the very first thing that I did that I put in my queue was like, it was The Sopranos. I was like, I'm gonna finally fucking watch this. And um, yeah, when you started rewatching it, I was like, okay, 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 I'm just gonna start it because... As it ended up happening, we was like, if we were watching it at the same time, then we can talk about it. And so that would make it even more fun than just watching it on my own, like having someone to discuss it with who's seen it yeah. before and everything. So
1: you were like, yeah. at first, you were like, how are you getting through this so fast? And then I went on a week vacation <laughs> and you caught up with me. Yeah. Because uh, so. you
2: were like a whole season ahead of me yeah. most of the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you saw just how bingeable this show is and that oh god which yeah. was surprising for the kind of show it is in a way because
2: it's every episode's about fu- half an hour the time, long it's half uh, the time it's fun yeah half the time it's really serious yeah you don't you never know what you're gonna get yeah, yeah.
1: i think there's definitely you know, dna of the go- of i was gonna say the godfather but the of goodfellas in this david chase has pretty much said if there wasn't Goodfellas, there wouldn't be Sopranos because uh, that was just kind of a revelation to him uh, because Goodfellas is not, is the street level people. It's not the romanticized, the Godfather. Godfather. There's some real dark, and there's dark stuff in the Godfather too, of course, um, that's, not that's obviously but it's it's a it's an operatic tragedy of a of a series whereas goodfellas is some different i mean it's um soldiers and capos yeah. and um street level guys and th- what's great about the sopranos is sort of both you have um the family life but it's not a romanticized family life as is the godfather it is very Real, I mean, very relatable. And that's part of the fun of the show. And one of the things that's sort of interesting is um, around the time that The Sopranos came out, there were a bunch of mobster sees a psychiatrist things happening. There was, (laughs) uh, you know, the Don's Analyst, which is not good, and then Analyze This, which is...
2: Right, <laughs> th- Which is
1: fine, you know, I, I had a good time with that first one I remember when I saw it, thinking it was, saw think, thinking that one was pretty fun um, And then this, and uh, The Sopranos They all kind of just came into existence around the same time I don't think there was, you know, one ripping off another one Kind of thing going on, it just happened that way And uh, that's sort of the premise But you know, then also the whole idea of what if a mobster got whacked by his own mother for putting her into a home? And so
3: okay. <laughs>
2: that, that was
1: the, that was the ideas that David Chase started with and kind of mixing up. Yeah.
2: Fam- the quote unquote family with family. The family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I, I think that's a, uh, it is, And it went through a lot of possibilities beforehand of being like a feature film of being like a network series, Uh, which I don't think it would have flown there because part of, uh, now, as you have mentioned to me, and I think this is true, ER uh, is cinematic television as well, but it was also Mm -hmm. network bound. So it's because it's bound to a network you had to have at the time, 24 episodes a season or 22. You couldn't have the nudity, the language, certain amounts of violence would not, have happened things like that er er gets, gets bloody i know nuts. that but it's also you know it's meta in the medical context so there's that as well
2: dude's arm gets chopped off by a helicopter come on rad
1: rad <laughs> uh, you gotta watch
2: er i'm telling you okay but but
1: uh, there there are yeah, shows I that you mean there were yeah. shows that were pushing the boundaries on on network television um uh-huh. nypd blue being another um yeah. but i think After The Sopranos, you kind of got the template for, you know, cable cinematic television series, you know, Breaking Bad, uh, Nurse Jackie, Dexter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, I think are all kind of exist in some form or or another because The Sopranos said they could, you know, (laughs) Um, gave gave that sort of way forward for this kind of thing to happen and it was the first really successful premium cable television show so this is why things like (laughs) people buying into streaming services because of a show being on that channel exists you know
2: is that part of the reason why i finally signed up for max yes yeah
1: (laughs) fair enough you know um so Anyway, that's just a little bit of side stuff and background. Mostly we I want to we just kind of want to talk about today some of our impressions of the show and your first impressions, my yeah. impressions now that I'm older watching the show. Cuz I watched it as so you, essentially okay. as they were coming out on video, except for the first 3 seasons I watched sort of in one big chunk. Um okay. 'Cause they were all out on D V D by that point. The, I had seen the first three seasons a couple of times, but season four, five, and six I had only seen one time a piece before. So this was my second watch of at least the second half of the series. Uh whereas probably my third or fourth of the of the uh, first three.
2: And this is only my first watch through, so there's probably a lot that I'm gonna forget or miss or something. Yeah. And I apologize, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, well there's there's a lot to be There's taken of in. There's lots to take in. <laughs> and, you know, the show is extremely cin- cinematic. I mean, you look at, you can look at this as an 86-hour movie in some ways because it delves into a lot of depth that a lot of TV hadn't done previously. Uh, you really get the chance to explore different characters and different aspects yeah. of each of them. And um, one of the things that we've discussed a lot is that, Every character is kind of, you have a love hate relationship with pretty much all of them.
2: Pretty much everybody. Yeah. yeah. You start out loving somebody and then something happens where you're like, oh, huh, 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 I don't know about you anymore. Yeah. Or you start out hating somebody and then the show makes you feel sorry for them. And it's, it's, it's fascinating and it's frustrating, but yeah. that's what makes it a, a great show like i will say too that i i don't think i've been like as emotionally invested in something and especially a show on this level yeah um in in a while so this a lot of stuff in this really got to me yeah there were some there were some that i was watching while you were on vacation and i couldn't talk to you i was like right i need you (laughs) But I was okay. I get over it. But I was kind of surprised at, like, how how much I I was into it and just, like, seething hatred I would have for certain people or being, like, so sad at, at certain things. But, I mean, that's just testament to what a wonderfully written show that it is.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, so uh, you've probably figured this out by now, but we're going to spoil things. Uh, so if you like haven't watched everything. the show, yeah. <laughs> um, there there are lots of big surprises. And that's part of the fun of watching the show is experiencing that for the first time. So if you haven't seen the show, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, definitely encourage you to do that.
2: Yeah, that's something else, too, that was, was funny. When I finally decided, decided to start watching the show, because I had somehow made it 20 years while well, having the Sopranos like in the zeitgeist but still not really having anything spoiled about the show for me I the only thing I knew was that the series ended with a cut to black that's all I'd heard but you know without any context that didn't really um, it doesn't
1: mean anything It yeah. doesn't
2: mean anything until you actually watch the show. So I said to myself when I started watching this, I was like, I'm not going to Google. I'm not going to look anything up, you know, lest I happen to read some kind of spoiler. And then I decided I was like, I, I, maybe I can read an article about one episode because I'm interested in somebody's thoughts. And the very first paragraph <laughs> of that one article that I decided to read um, had a major spoiler for my favorite character. <laughs> right.
0: So. Right. So, uh, so speaking of... That was of, just kind
2: of funny.
1: <laughs> so speaking of, of characters, let's, uh, let's talk about some of our favorites. Um, I think that you can't not mention Tony Soprano. Uh, I mean, this is our protagonist. This is a person we follow. Um, I find him to be a fascinating character. Again, uh, alternately loving and hating him, mm-hmm. um, which is part of the brilliance of... David Chase in creating the character in James Gandolfini portraying this role. I I love James Gandolfini. Yeah. An incredible performance Mm -hmm. in every single episode. There's nothing that is like where you ever feel like he's like, oh, I'm comfortable with this. I know what I'm doing. I don't have to give it as much this episode. You never get that sense ever. Not really from anybody. Yeah. (laughs)
2: He keeps him interesting yeah. throughout the whole series. Like yeah. it never, I don't know, anything ever feels false. It always feels like he's growing and changing in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as much as you like a lot of parts of him, I love the way that he is with Melfi. Yeah, And then at the same time, it's like he's also horrible to her sometimes, but you get it, I guess, <laughs> because his sessions with her are kind of like an outlet for mm-hmm. him yeah but then he also has really racist stuff that he says and yep. really misogynistic ideas and things that he says and homophobic
1: etc et homophobic cetera. Yeah. and it's just mm-hmm.
2: like <laughs> and that's well that's a lot of guys on the show i mean it's yeah it, s- it's, some of that is almost like you not that you have to accept it but i mean that it, that is just what this culture these guys yeah are, are like that's the, the old school ideas and they do the show does try to f- fight against that sometimes but uh it, i think it would also be maybe disingenuous to not pr- show that
1: absolutely as, as,
2: hor- as horrible as it is to hear some of the things that they say yeah these guys that you love you're just like oh my god shut up
1: yeah, <laughs> it's fine. it's the whole it's you know the depiction does not equal endorsement yeah oh thing. yeah really has to be kept at the front of the mind in a lot of these situations mm-hmm. so it's uh it's fascinating so that central family then uh carmela is fascinating edie falco incredible um she's a total hypocrite she's She's, a major hypocrite yeah it's uh she's very (laughs) contradictory kind of character
2: the first few seasons like there's nothing really about her that i was really latching on to i think when she and tony broke up though like that amazing episode where they break up yeah that episode and her like right afterwards like fighting for what she thinks she deserves and then when they get back together and her just going right back to like wanting all the fancy
1: stuff yeah what at I the same time
2: claiming she never uh, i don't know she uh.
1: <laughs> but i think in the sixth season they uh-huh. really show her that's that's the season where they're back together yeah. um because the fifth season they're mostly separated but that is where she's like okay i'm all in mm-hmm. she's like tony can you get this done for me and, yeah. and then he's, like, so annoyed by it. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's, and kind of fucks her over on her spec yeah. house. But then she starts nosing around. He's like, okay, let's get this taken care of. She needs a project so she doesn't get her get into this, you know. Uh, I find yeah, that and then really at the, fascinating.
2: Well, that stuff at the same time, like, her, like, sort of taking advantage of, of his connections to get things done for her. But at the same time, you also kind of feel bad for her. In that situation, because Tony treats it as like, oh, it's so cute that she's doing this like, you know, as a way yeah. to keep herself busy. That yeah. kind of, you know, chauvinistic thing where you're like, well, well, no, I mean, at least 20 years of just being a housewife, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a huge deal for her. Yeah. And to, to see the way that he treats her in, in that way is kind of like, OK, that kind of makes me feel bad for her. But you're also a huge hypocrite. Right. Boy. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, OK, how about Meadow and AJ? They both have really interesting arcs because they're so they young. Do. Because they're so young, they change they're a such, lot during the course of the show.
2: They're such babies. Because I, when as soon as I finished the the last season, I kind of went back to to the first season just to have it on as background noise. And I mean, seeing AJ is just like this chubby little kid. It was like it was so it was amazing what six seven years can do. Yeah. Just how much they grow up and how much how much they change and. It's, I mean, it's the same thing with both of them. You, at first, they they're like the annoying, like bratty, spoiled, entitled kids. Mm-hmm. And then they have like all their personal problems that they, they go through. It's, I mean, it's the same thing as with every, every character on the show. Like there's something to hate them for and something to be sympathetic. You know, for. I read,
1: I read something really interesting about Meadow uh, it said it's, someone said it was the most subtle villain arc in television history (laughs) because she starts out fighting against the whole mob mentality of her family. And by the end, she is studying to be a mob lawyer, essentially.
2: I love that one (laughs) scene where they're at, I think they're at their hat. They're at some, some funeral or whatever. And there, there's a bunch of girls in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. uh, talking and she says something about how dare something you to say that to an outsider yeah don't <laughs> say that to an outsider and i was like okay girl yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time you understand the conflict within those kids because the first season is kind of them both or i think Meadow mostly knows yeah. um, but it's aj mostly kind of figuring out like what their dad does yeah well i mean the the conflict in that is it's pretty big because like that's their dad that's their family mm-hmm the people that they grew up with as their family, like the other, the other guys, uh, they have an, an affection for. So I mean, yeah. you definitely understand like why calling they...
1: all the guys, uncle, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you kind of understand why they get so screwed up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So that central core family obviously is, I mean, they are the Sopranos. Um, but then we have his extended family, um, Silvio, played by Steven Van Zandt. (laughs) Polly Walnuts, played by Tony Sirico. Then going beyond there, you have uh, Uncle Junior, uh, Dominic Chianese. You have Bobby, who comes in in the second season, uh, his sort of Junior's, um, I don't know, his right-hand man, I guess, in in that whole situation. Um,
2: Well, there's more Sopranos.
1: Yeah, of course, there is... (laughs) Someone I failed to <laughs> neglect, you know, one of the <laughs> failed to, men- <laughs> failed to mention, neglected to mention. And <laughs> so that that was a word salad. It was one of those things. Um, but Livia, okay, yeah. Livia Soprano. Well, also, Janice. I, well, now we'll get to Janice. But Livia is yeah. uh, first season and she's the sort of power behind the, she's the manipulator mm-hmm. behind everything that happens in the first season um nancy marchand gives an amazing performance those first two seasons as livia the
2: way she can play complainy, but just as a mask for manipulation
1: the the way she controls junior and junior is like thinking i mean he's like none the wiser to it all you know he, he's he doesn't there's a there's a line in the second season it's like where they're talking about um johnny tony's dad had another brother mm-hmm. who was mentally delayed and they tony says something like I, I would hear my parents fight about um my father's feeble-minded brother i always thought he meant you you know as <laughs> talking to junior and I, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny um but junior is not the sharpest (laughs) sharpest stick in the in the bunch (laughs) there you know um
0: he
1: he he lets himself get played quite a bit by tony by livia uh but it's i don't know but he's still dangerous he's extreme in that first season you know you know that that line where he says you you come in here again you come in heavy or don't come in at all to tony uh i mean that it's kind of genuinely frightening because junior soprano is kind of old school but you're right now janice i think actually more or less takes over the livia role yeah even in the second season where they're both in it you know even livia calls her a real snake in the grass
2: oh she absolutely is
1: and that doesn't stop after livia dies every
2: time you think that something has happened to make her change or to make her turn she does like a little bit, yeah. but there's always that same like uh
1: even towards the she, end when she's, she's got with selfishness Bobby. and yeah.
2: yeah. There's still the manipulation and mm-hmm. the control mm-hmm. and like trying to be the matriarch. Yeah. Um even in a sneaky way <laughs> mm-hmm. is still there.
1: She's definitely uh, her mother's daughter.
2: Yes. She definitely is. Yeah. I, I've had such high hopes of honestly by the way. I oh, I love her she's yeah. such a great actress and she plays this so perfectly because um, you, you kind of get those little hints like like I said I had such high hopes for her I was like is Janice ever going to turn around and like be a, a real like complete full person <laughs> she never does it's just kind of sad
1: she changes depending on who she's with Mm-hmm. You know, when she's with Richie, she's kind of one way. When she's with Ralphie, she's kind of another. When she's with Bobby, she's kind of another. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's really... That's her problem. Yeah. She
2: needs to be by herself. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, Janice is one of the mo- more fascinating characters. And Aida Turturro is actually cousins with John Turturro, as I okay. as I learned. So they're, they're, nice. they are cousins. Which... That's another thing about this show. It seems like everyone's cousins with everybody. <laughs> I mean, like actual cousins, the actual cousins. <laughs> you know, then they call each other uncle, and because uh, Adriana is Richie's niece, and niece, Christopher yeah. is his second cousin or something. I mean, all sorts of weird. Yeah. And he
2: call and Tony yeah. calls Christopher nephew, but they're not really right. He's not really. His he's actually nephew. his cousin. Christopher is uh, Carmella's, Carmella's cousin.
1: cousin. Yeah, yeah. Which makes Carmela related to Dickie Maltasante, who is Christopher's father, who is mm-hmm. Tony's mentor. He's I mean, mentor. so so there's sort <laughs> of like this weird, and we talked about this in Goodfellas, sort of this incestuous thing. There's uh-huh. this undercurrent of of incest in this whole <laughs> community. You know, uh, I, I mentioned her. I know she's your favorite character, Adriana, Adriana Serva, mm-hmm. played by Drea De Matteo. Tell me about adriana oh my god
2: okay that that's 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 this could take us obviously she's like smoking hot dre de Matteo looks amazing in this <laughs> i love the way they styled her as like the typical like new jersey like kind of mafia chick honestly it was yeah like, she's sort of, of like
1: she's, she's like ready to just slide into being a a a mob wife
2: right uh, exactly yeah. but she looks so good adriana is the best character i think in the in the series besides Melfi. but Melfi is kind of like an outsider so within yeah. the within the the mob family i think adriana is the best person she has true kindness about her to everybody yeah, yeah. she's also pretty tough you know she can yeah. stand up for herself and she she's she can talk you know talk mm-hmm. back to the guys and everything and, and handle her own but honestly i was thinking about it i think because of her her looks she she might have the pretty girl thing that it's why she's not as close to some of the other at least the women in the family Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and why they they don't treat her as well as she should be you know like adrian is like the the definition of somebody who just deserved better from everybody
1: oh yeah absolutely
2: and it was almost kind of like at first i didn't see like how bad the relationship with her and Christopher was because they i don't know they kind of hide it as like they're both kind of like spitfires you know mm-hmm. and they they can yell at each other just easy but as the series goes on and you see just like how horribly abusive he is yeah and the way that she is trapped by her own love for him and the way that he cannot see or cannot feel like her kindness or her love or her support for him just it just broke my heart watching her be treated the way she was by everybody yeah there's maybe like one episode where you know it seems like tony at least is finally seeing her as a person that's also the same episode where everyone treats her like a dirty slide or whatever, because of the right. the rumor that gets spread about her and Tony. Yeah. That is the episode that had me the most heated I have ever been in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think um, and that was. That's uh, a great uh, episode. Though. <laughs> it's that's it, one of my favorite episodes. It, it, it's um,
1: it's really brilliant uh, how it how it just deals with gender politics and everything. Because yeah. absolutely, because like, you know Tony was like, well, and the thing is, Christopher obviously, you know, he believes the rumor. And so his whole—he believes his, it. Carmelo that, believes it. That whole Saw movie that he makes, the cleaver, you know, <laughs> cleaver. has the characters like, oh, you're sleeping with mm-hmm. his fiance.
2: But nobody, nobody yeah. ever truly cared about her. Right on the show, it starts out with thing with her and Artie too, which I love Artie, but yeah, he gets a little gross with her. Yeah, um, people just kind of see her. Like I said, I think it's got something to do with like the pretty girl thing, where they just, they they don't see her as a person; they see her as a threat. Right. I think the other women see her as a threat. The guys just see her as an object and don't really ever take the time to get to know her. And really, really, that's what she wants. That's why she gets so close to Danielle, uh-huh. and why she's so desperate. You can tell that she's so desperate for that connection when she like she feels like she's finally found a friend. Right. And the way that the feds talk about her behind her back. Especially and after she's
1: dead. It's like... Especially oh, after she's dead. The callousness.
2: So brutal. The way, that, the, the way that Tony and Christopher talk about her still after she's dead. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. You want to talk about Get Me Heated. You have to see the, the flashback scene of poor little Christopher going, crying to Tony to go rat Adriana out. I was right. like, fuck both of you. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will not make me feel sad. No.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Like well, I, said, I do like that. Horror. I do like that episode because it follows Christopher. Uh, that's lo- that's the one was like the I think the uh, it's like the episode before spoiler alert, Tony kills him um, uh-huh. where where yeah. he's just kind of ruminating on all this stuff and the relationship between him and Tony. And,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's actually a really I mean, that's the one episode where you actually kind of where I was like with Christopher Cohen kind of. Wow, there's something going on here, you know, and I wasn't feeling bad for him for the way he treated Adriana or something like that, you know, but, you know, how he would just so easily fall into addiction again and uh, over Mm -hmm. and over
2: yeah, giving him the addiction storyline and, like, making me feel bad for him and that. I was yeah, like, I hate you. I, I hate you, show. <laughs> I, know. I know.
1: But that's what I, this I, show does. I
2: mean, right? I know. That's why it does so brilliantly. Well, it's like, me, I will yeah. never, ever forgive any of you for the way you treated Adriana. Right. Oh, God, the way they talk about her, even after she, like, Tony calls her a cunt at one point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Silvio like, calls her don't that worry one. do about about to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and you already knew that was going to happen. Uh when I first saw it I didn't know. I I mm-hmm. didn't know what was going to happen. I cuz the way the show plays out it looks like it could go either way. Yeah. But when she's sitting in the car with Silvio, you you have a feeling. And it's also the one major death that happens off-screen. Because I mean I, I have Yeah, there's two. Two? What what's the other one? Uh what am I? See. Vito. Oh, Vito. No, Vito happens on screen, doesn't it?
2: I mean, you hear it, don't you?
1: Okay. I don't remember. You kind of
2: more (laughs) hear it than see it.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, okay. I think. Um, Yeah,
2: Yeah, so that that was the one spoiler about, big spoiler about the show was that Adriana does die, which I I read in, like, when I was on season three or something, I think. Um, (laughs) So I was like, God damn it. No, that's my favorite character. But then you start figuring out, like, probably how it's going to happen when she starts talking to the feds right so i was like okay this is probably what what's going to be the reason and then the episode where it happens it was kind of good that Mm -hmm. i knew that it was coming because i was i was not okay (laughs) watching that part (laughs) because i knew it was coming as soon as um tony called her yeah and says like Christopher tried to kill himself like we'll come pick you up and I was like, "No. Right. Oh, uh, okay, here it is. It, yeah. This is where this is where it's happening." And then uh her like just crawling away and Silvio uh I was sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> like not like not okay with it even though. So yeah. it was good that I I knew that it, I was at least prepared for it cuz like I said like this show is like got to me more emotionally than i mm-hmm. would have ever thought especially her storyline is the one that got to me the most
1: sure yeah yeah and she's the most tragic but honestly i think junior is kind of weirdly tragic too
3: yeah
1: <laughs> i mean ultimately when it comes <laughs> down to it it's like oh gosh you know this this guy who was just sharp as attack is now i i love that tony and junior kind of have their final moment together but honestly yeah. I would have been okay if Junior's story ended with that part where he's sitting in the wheelchair petting the cat <laughs> after he gets beaten up by the the guy in the institution.
2: Mm-hmm. That's another thing that the show does that I kind of saw was that all the people that you kind of want to see meet a horrible end, they either don't, like even to, um, go was it the first or the second season, like that uh, soccer coach? Right. That was yeah, the thing sixteen year old. Melfi's rapist. Yeah. Um Adriana, Vito. Like all the people or not no, go in. <laughs> but it's like that's the contradiction. Like all the people that you want to see bad things happen to either don't or they make you feel kind of sorry for them by the end of their arc. And then right. all the people, the good people that you you've really have form a connection to, like Adriana and Vito, um, are the ones that meet horrible ends yeah and it's like that's the conflict Vito, that's another big conflict with this show
1: Vito's a really interesting thing for me because at first i'm like i don't like this guy you know for for um i didn't se- know who he was for the longest se- time. <laughs> season season two he's just kind of like whoever you know yeah. even even three and four it's like you know he's just one of the other captains one of the know? other guys yeah he's just hanging around the the bing and things like that but then, uh, season five is when Finn, you know, sees him giving a blowjob to a guy, and you know by this by that point in the series how th- that would be taken in this mm-hmm. mob circle, right? And not well. but 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 in all honesty, he's kind of scary in that you know moment when he confronts Finn at yeah, the poor body. Mean, <laughs> but season six has. Um, just it, it it really gives a, it gives him this arc where where you really spend a lot of time with him, and he wants to leave he he wants but then he just you know it's just when I thought I was out they pull me back in. <laughs> pull me he back in. it's it's the whole thing like with with Henry Hill at the end of of Goodfellas I'm just a regular schnook and I mean, he can't, can't be that so he goes he goes back and fill Leotardo with his old school, horribly homophobic and awful uh, ideas about, well, you know, his, you know, he's degraded my sister and all that, whatever. And it's like, no, <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> and you know, he feels that like he has to hide this. Like you know, it was the medication. It was uh,
3: yeah, whatever. And Tony, Tony's
1: like, Tony's that is, is even kind of changes. Like, you know, he makes a lot of money for us. Who gives a fuck, you know? And then but, I love that
2: part where he yeah. was like, OK, we know that he's not the only he's not been the only one. To, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, so,
1: in jail and things like that. Yeah. you know, Yeah. It, they get a pass for that in yeah, jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just uh it's a really interesting thing. And so honestly, when he gets killed by Phil, I was you just it just makes you hate Phil more. I mean uh, and
2: Phil Not think she needed any more reason to
1: Well also Polly too,
2: Polly says some horrible things about uh, well, about Edo. Pa- you know, it's like Polly
1: again is also an old uh, school guy. Yeah. And so and Silvio too. Some of the stuff that Silvio says, you know, it's like, you know, say what you will about uh, Richie. When he found out his son was gay, he did the right thing. He, disowned, he did the right thing
2: and, and disowned him. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know, <laughs> which I mean, obviously, ah. these are the characters, and because Stephen Van Little Stephen Van Zant is not <laughs> Silvio Dante. Um, so the sort of other family members, I mean, I find Silvio and Pauly for the most part are kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're especially Pauly. I mean, he has this this thing where he tells jokes twice. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> that I find hilarious, or <laughs> he has to,
2: he tells the punchline twice. So. Yeah, it's
1: like, did you hear what I said? <laughs> did you hear yeah, what I said? Yeah, yeah and he, he tells it again. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Polly gets a little bit more to work with than than Silvio does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, by the end, but Silvio again, he's another one of those. At first, like he's just one of the the fun guys who's always doing the Al Pacino Im- impression, yeah. and then he's got some dark moments later yes. on too that make you. Uh, really turn on him like well like you were saying like the whole third season Mm -hmm. had so many times where the people that i found myself like really liking and kind of enjoying and like got into a like fun little groove with they they all had these moments where that they turned for me and i think then i think you were right that was the point of it yeah that um don't get too comfortable with these guys because they're awful.
1: Right. Right. So here, who, who are we missing? Um, Dr. Melfi. Just like
2: in the, like in the main.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In the main cast. We haven't talked about Dr. Melfi.
2: again, just another one of the the best characters.
1: (laughs) She's really fascinating too, because she's very Mm -hmm. conflicted. She kind of gets out of it at the end because Elliot, you know, played by Peter Bogdanovich, um, her therapist so kind of <laughs> kind of the way he um gets her to reconsider is really pretty shitty though uh, you know where it says well there's this study about how oh. um psychopaths can use their therapists to become better criminals and then Someone else brings that's... it up at a dinner party, and then she's like, "Oh, Elliot, you son of a bitch!" And then, and then she goes and reads the study, and she's like, "Damn it, he's right."
2: <laughs> I don't think that's true about Tony, though.
1: Oh, I don't. I th- Some of the things, though, that she suggests he do, he do. Um, she he ends up doing, like you know, if you want to be a better mob boss, read. The Art of War by Sun Tzu. So what does he do? He goes and reads The Art of War by <laughs> Sun Tzu. Uh and so does Pauli. I th- I just which I find really funny. Just these different uh, right. aspects. There there are certain things that he takes from therapy and applies to being um a but smarter I think... uh, I guess as with his strategy, you know.
2: I don't think who he is in his sessions with her is false though
1: no i don't think so either i think he's uh he's probably his most authentic in mm. some ways because i i think he tells her things that he won't even tell carmela oh, absolutely yeah
2: and it was even surprising to me just like in that those first few episodes again just like from what we've uh seen and the depiction of other like mafia movies and stuff just to actually hear him like say the words that you know that he's depressed and that he's having issues like you know that like that's not what these guys are about and, you know as they say throughout the series you got to be the strong silent type right and um, gary cooper mm-hmm. yeah. again it's like i really like the way he is a lot of times in his sessions with Melfi, but then he's also
1: kind of horrible to her oh he's but i think totally can turn the (laughs) screws on her he he knows he knows how to push people's buttons that's just what absolutely
2: that's what he does oh god he's so good at that god him and janice (laughs) well where'd they learn it from (laughs) clearly Livy right from Livia. yeah at the same time though i I really don't think that you can deny that he cares about wealthy
1: oh absolutely if she had told him about the rape, it would yeah. have been taken care of.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, That's
2: I watched. That's another one that I I watched again. Um, oh. Just because I love that that last not the that, whole thing, but just like that the, last the scenes with them. the last scene with the two of them.
1: It's one of the best scenes in the series.
2: I mean, you can see it. Like the, he's. Ugh,
1: I remember I, the first I, time I saw it because there's this big pause where she says. Mm-hmm do you got something you want to say to me? I was just going, yes, 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 tell her, yes, tell her. Yes, and then she <laughs> says, no. And there's this just sort of a silent cut to black. It's not mm-hmm. musical cue like usually happens in the, on the show. And it's one of the most powerful moments I've yeah. ever seen in a movie or television, anything.
2: Because that's a really smart thing that the show does with Melfi's character. Is that like, there's n- hardly ever any... Crossover, right? Of her into his world, right? Like, there's a couple of times where like they run into each other at a restaurant or right. something. Tootaloo. But that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I think keeping her in her own world, like in her house, in her office, or whatever, was a really smart way to go because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of her character is that she She's gets right separate. up to the line. Yeah and she gets right up to the line and she sees an opportunity and but she's the most moral character you know of the show and chooses not to cuz she she can't do that yeah as yeah. much as you as much as you as the viewer want her to as much as she obviously wants to like the scene right before that is her uh, like raging to Elliot, to Elliot, yeah. About how easily she could take that guy out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how much she wants to, how angry she is, which you understand. But well, she has
1: the dream about the attack dog, mm-hmm. which is uh, she's analyzing her own dream sort of in real time in front of her psychiatrist, and yeah, it's like wait a minute. I know who that dog
2: is. I have an attack dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really effective. Uh, before we talk about, you know, I was thinking we could go, like, bring it from big to small. So we're talking about the series as a whole now. Go towards uh, overall season, then episodes, then arcs and moments um, and, like, scenes. Well, some other... But I wanted to, before we do that, I was... Are there some of the other sort of side characters? Some of the things yeah. that stand yeah, that's out to say. you...
2: Um, or people that weren't really, sadly, around a whole lot. <laughs> right. Uh, one of my favorite guys was um, Artie. Artie's great. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Artie and Tony's relationship is like kind of adorable. Honestly, sometimes like I was rewatching totally. like, again. I was rewatching one of the first season episodes where they like have a food fight yeah in his kitchen right you kind of like the fact that Artie is one of the only ones who can give tony crap that way and not be in danger of getting killed
1: <laughs> well i mean there's even a scene in the first season where <laughs> where you know Artie pulls a rifle on tony
2: but no matter what he does yeah. you know that tony would never do that not, not to Artie. not to arty <laughs> And he does, always, but you know
1: already you just tell him to shut the fuck up <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. so.
2: but they have that like childhood friend like relationship mm-hmm. that is kind of unyielding even when they have their they they do have a big fight yeah, right. <laughs> later on but and just already being like such a lovable dork like he's never gonna be like and what a school is the he guy he wants to pretend he he's such to. a tough
1: guy yeah i know i love them <laughs> there's an episode where there's like a protest of christopher columbus day and uh mm-hmm. and so he's he's with silvio and some of the others and they're, they're like heading in to like fight these people and and Artie just kind of backs off he's like mm-hmm. he's walking in like all tough and then as soon as anything gets even a it's little dope. bit rough he just takes <laughs> off it's pretty funny this
2: isn't me sorry
1: <laughs> well and i like charmaine i think she i think she's um kind of his rock as much as for a yeah. time they don't want to admit it um she is like i don't want gangsters in here i know you were childhood we were childhood friends with Carmela and tony but they're in a different world now than we are. And I don't want to be around them anymore. She's the one person she that's smart. she's not a hypocrite. She mm-hmm. and she sees it in Carmela. She's like, oh, God, yeah. You know, and she's not afraid to kind of call her out on it, too.
2: She, that's true. She's one of the ones. She doesn't really falter. No, in that.
1: no. Beginning to end. She's she's like, I want no part of it. Then, you know, Carmela's friends, some of the other mob wives, uh, Rosalie Aprile, um, who loses both her husband and her son in the course of the series.
2: She becomes one of my favorites by the end, though. I love When
1: her. they go to Paris together. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love exactly. that. Where she just wants to sleep with the young Parisian yeah. guy. And Carmella's <laughs> like, and she's like, I lost two people. I just want to, I am just what to fuck. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I just want to feel <laughs> something else have fun, than yeah. I have for the exactly. past, you know, five years or whatever of my life, I um, think I think she's a great character.
2: Yeah, I'm glad they gave her more to do with, mm-hmm. with that kind of uh, yeah that's that storyline of her, them going to Paris. That's I think
1: good. Angie Bump is kind of interesting too because she goes from being this she's she's obviously Pussy's wife, but she goes from she ends up taking over Pussy's. Cover business of of the uh, auto shop right, yeah. and becomes really really good at it, and she's like becomes a really really successful person, and yep. um because there's the part towards the beginning where um Tony kind of threatens her in the third season I think he says you know we already helped you out as much as we're going to and now if you don't want your it kind of threatens the dog you know without literally threatening the dog for example it's Hmm. it's uh you know you kind of read between the lines on a lot of these things but i think angie is an interesting character um then you have sil's wife who you know she doesn't have a lot that she does but she's she's just kind of a colorful character Fury, Um,
2: one of my Furio is great. Yeah, uh,
1: Furio he's is really interesting. Yeah, I, I love him in the fourth season. I think that's where he really comes into his own, um, I, and you kind of miss him after he's gone. I'm I'm know, always curious, like Fury. what happens to what, him what does what does, to does he get does he get found <laughs> in Italy and 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 popped? Uh, who knows? I don't know. They never say.
2: Um. Tony B was another Tony one. B.
1: Mm-hmm. Now that's I love a, Tony B. that's a fifth season arc. Uh, that's the big fifth season situation.
2: Just Steve Buscemi not playing who I thought he was gonna be. Right, like he's not the, he's not a weirdo. He's not a creep. He's not scary. He's just a normal dude. The way he plays Tony and Blondetto. and he just wants and to I get loved out. that, and he just wants to get out and be normal. But you know, he's still if it. Again, it's the same thing. Like with Vito, like, you really can't you pull me
1: back in. Yeah, you can't. Yeah,
2: you. Yeah, and it's but kind I just, of unexpected loved
1: the way it, the way it all plays out. We can talk oh, about God. that when we talk about season five a little bit. Um, that was so surprising. Yeah, oh my God. yeah.
2: But I just I loved the way that he he played him. Um, one of my f- favorite side characters was Svetlana. Though.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, good absolutely
2: call. love her. Yeah i love her she's great because she
1: she's such a realist
2: to- yeah she's such a realist and i think tony kind of nails her really when um <laughs> uh, <laughs> i did not mean to do that <laughs> her character who she is as a person yes he I, also nails her yeah literally uh-huh. um when he's arguing with Carmella, Because that's what causes the whole blow up in them eventually, like separating. Right. When Irina says, "You know, I used Um, to fuck your husband." I used to fuck your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking my cousin too.
1: They're
2: cousins, right? Yeah. 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 They're all cousins. Yeah. But that, yeah, she's she's realist. She she gets people. She's not really all that selfish Mm -hmm. either. I just I love the way that. She has no filter with people, but yeah. I love the way she is with Janice. It's like I was telling you, like one of my <laughs> favorite. episode where she steals like, her leg. <laughs> where she steals her leg. So, so awful. Yeah. But then when Janice tries to apologize to her <laughs> for stealing her leg, is just like, you're a very boring woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, that's, it's like, th- thank you. That's a good one. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, um, Arena has a great, Line two. It's like I love my new pony boots, Tony. Um, Arena <laughs> <laughs> is the is Gumar for the first two yeah. seasons ish.
2: Well, what about his other ones? We got Gloria. Gloria, yeah.
1: Gloria is becomes his obsession. I believe. I really feel that because she kills herself, he just is like, it's like the power was taken from him, you know. It's like you're not allowed to kill yourself. The only way you're supposed to die is if I kill you, and <laughs> and so <Okay. laughs> so I think there's sort of an emasculation that's happened with Gloria. And I I seriously after he gets shot, he when he has the long the coma dream sequences, that mm-hmm. is like two episodes of him in the coma. Right mm-hmm. when he's talking to his wife on the phone, I hear Gloria's voice. And and, okay, me- and Meadow's voice is uh, the little girl Meadow. It's not Meadow as she is.
2: Uh, I think you are on to something about that, too, because I, I, you told me about that before I watched that episode. And the, like I said, the subtitles say Carmella, you know, as the voice on the phone. But as I was listening to it, I was like, it kind of sounds like her, but not like there's definitely something off. Like, it, yeah. it definitely didn't sound like Edie Falco.
1: Right, right. And, you know, all of his Gumar (laughs) after Svetlana is just kind of a one night stand, um, but they're all dark haired. They're all Italian. They're all um, Russian. (laughs) Well, the one is Russian. Yes. The first the first (laughs) one is Russian. But the the others, Gloria, uh, Valentina. Um, and the real estate agent I can't remember her name right Juliana. Now. Juliana, yeah. They're they're all they have a similar look. They're all professionals. Mm-hmm. They're they're all Dr. Melfi, in my yep. opinion. So <laughs> <laughs> he, I think so. Yeah, and, and he, you know, in the fifth season when he's on his own, he just straight out asks her out. Which
2: uh, And I and, and like, the thing no. uh,
1: with Arena no. with Arena even he tries to turn her into Melfi says you should dress more professional you know you should this maybe you know so <laughs> it's it's interesting um because Carmela is not
2: she's not the the dark hair yeah, uh, italian woman yeah yeah, yeah the
1: dark that you think of italian yeah. woman and and then also the uh the boss in uh in italy kind of mm-hmm, yes yeah. and she he even says you remind me of someone i know back home and she asks your wife no, not exactly. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a, that's an interesting through line. Um, but, you know, obviously they're all extensions of Livia, too. They all
2: have like a weird obsession with him. Mm-hmm. Except for Juliana. Mm-hmm. She kind of goes her own way.
1: Yeah. Well, she sleeps with Christopher, too. <laughs> yeah, Okay <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't get with that guy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so... Oh man, there's so many. I mean, the, Richie, Ralphie are two of the scariest characters I think in the show ever. I uh, and then Phil Leotardo, um Johnny Sack, Johnny and Ginny Johnny Sack. Sack. Um yeah. now th- that was one that caught me off guard was after Johnny Sack gets put in prison, their wedding episode. Where mm-hmm. they where the, they have this wonderful time and everything and then their daughter's about to leave and the and the, feds the feds just take, pull up and make this big show of it and and uh, taking him back to prison. take him back yeah. to prism he starts prism prison he starts prison? he starts crying and uh <laughs> Ginny just passes out and Phil just makes this big deal about weakness and I know yeah <laughs>
2: And Tony has a thing. It was like, well, with daughters, it's, it's
1: it's different. It's different, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and also the the way that Johnny Sack dies, where he the cancer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I mean, it's like he was
2: one that I know he was kind of like he's a friend. He was like a frenemy, yeah. To Tony, so I never he's really a stone. Hated gangsta. him. Yeah, he's pretty cold, but yeah. I never really hated him as much as like Phil. He's not as
1: yeah. I didn't hate him. I was. So has, it was has, more like he has better just, qualities. But the, yeah. I think there. Johnny Sack always came across to me as particularly dangerous, though. Too. I mean, he was ready to kill Ralphie because of the joke,
2: which I would have been fine with. Because yeah. <laughs> Ralphie sucks. <laughs>
1: Ralphie is. I mean. Okay, the show not only sets Ralphie up to be a villain, he, they literally set him up to be the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he. please allow me to introduce myself. Um, as you soon know, as you
2: said that, I was, like, I was like laughing when I heard that. Because the, cause the yeah. priest says something too. Like, Did you, were, you were you there when, Jesus, around Christ, when Jesus Christ had his moment, moment of, doubt of doubt and pain? pain?
1: Yeah. <laughs> he says, and, and he actually, when, he first, when Ralphie says, pleased to meet you, when he comes in and meets the priest. Okay. Um, <laughs> I may have that one. And the thing is, it's not it's not like they are acknowledging that they're quoting the song. They just are using it as dialogue. Also just part of the lines. Yeah. So. Christopher does have a line um, where he does actually quote a song as a joke. He comes in and he's late, as usual, and he says to... I know what you're he talking says, about. Oh. He says, sorry, the highway is jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive and Stephen Van Zant says nice and uh well here's the thing that's a Bruce Springsteen song that's born that's born to run and and Steven Van Zant is uh still is uh, Bruce Springsteen's guitar player uh in the E Street Band so um i just saw him in february is... so he plays silvio Steven... Silvio. yeah
2: <laughs> sorry
0: i don't know these guys. No, I don't no know that's, their real
1: names no, as well y- no no you, you, that's fine that's fine so there are lots of characters that only have even just single episodes or single seasons. You know, um, both Jackie April and Jackie Junior.
2: Jackie Junior.
1: Um, Finn, Noah, uh, all of Meadow's boyfriends.
2: What happened to F- Finn and Meadow?
1: They just broke up. She bet- say, between they're... between I didn't season, see an explanation between season six part one and two. She just says, "I don't want to talk about Finn." they they broke up yeah i know up. i was like yeah. did i miss something <laughs> yeah they just break up and and so ah. uh she starts dating patsy's kid uh so it's just like and you were saying Patsy is scary. Patsy is scary. Yes. He Patsy is kind of, you he said like a serial, serial killer. killer. Yeah. And, but the thing is, he is essentially, these guys are psychopaths. A these lot are, of them. I mean, them. they're all, there's, <laughs> they're
2: all kind of serial killers.
1: There's a great <laughs> line. Oh, oh, here's, here's one. Here's one. Um, The character John Hurd plays in the first season, the corrupt uh, cop, uh,
3: Yeah. the
1: detective. I think that is a really fascinating character too. Um, he sort of bullies Melfi's date, uh, yes. and, you know, and then uh, he's the first one that says that Pussy's wired for sound. Then he jumps off a bridge, you know. We haven't talked about Pussy um. Bump and Sarah.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> uh.
2: Well, I mean, they, that might go into like some of our favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah I think, I think so. I think so. There's a, yeah, there's just there's a lot of characters. A lot, a lot, <laughs> a, lot a lot, a lot of characters.
0: Uh, and
1: I love Elliot Kupferberg. Um, yeah. Peter Bogdanovich is so funny. Uh, I think he's funny in that role, honestly. I, there's
2: one session that he has with Jennifer where he keeps taking drinks from this giant water bottle. Yes. And I don't know... <laughs> For some reason, oh, I thought that was funny. I
1: I did too. I did too.
0: Yes. It's like uh, one of those
2: water bottles that's like in a sack or something that he can carry around to yeah. like get his water in for the day it's or something. Stuff. I don't know. He's funny, but he's also just like very sweet. Yeah, I like. I love the way that Bogdanovich played him. Even yeah. though you spoiled that he was going to be in the
1: show. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I I said. I asked you. Have you met? Melfi's psychiatrist, yet, and you said, I think so. And I said, Oh, and I said, Oh, you'll know, (laughs) you'll know when you see him.
2: I thought you were talking about because there's just like one scene with Melfi and her husband and her kid where they were talking, they're having like a family therapy session, and that psychiatrist was like, I said, kind of
1: weird. No, it's a certain famous director, (laughs) you'll know who it is,
2: yeah. Well, because I thought you met him. I was like, am I supposed, was I supposed no. to recognize him? No, 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 and no, then no, I saw, no, no, And then I saw that it was like Donovan. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool to see him.
1: Okay. So how about we narrow things down a little bit? Okay. Let's, uh, we've kind of talked about the series overall. Do you have a particular season that is like an overall favorite season?
2: I want to say the fifth season.
1: Oh, no, that's great. I I, I was I I'm, recall, I'm actually a little bit surprised, but you know, yeah, that, that's the Adriana heavy season, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's the one with Tony Blondetto.
2: Yeah, I think the fifth season. I I really liked a lot of the arcs in that one. Me too.
1: I I really do like that. That I I mean, honestly, uh, this time through, I don't think there was a dud really of an episode even in the series. Yeah,
2: it felt yeah. most the most consistent. Where you know, with any show, like yeah. the first seasons are always like it's it's gonna find its footing eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like even though that very first episode is like totally different from the rest of the series
1: oh i would agree yeah the pilot is brilliant in a lot of ways but it doesn't yeah. have the flavor that it yeah. would eventually have so yeah
2: the fifth season i think was very very strong oh in it terms is terms of like finding out where like where the strengths of the show really were
1: yeah and it also it it's sort of um mirrors, I think, the first couple seasons in a lot of ways structurally. Like, um, one of the things David Chase would often do is in the 12th episode, not the 13th, the final episode, he'd put a really, really big moment. You know, something really big would happen in the 12th episode rather than the final. Mm-hmm. And that is the death of Adriana in the 12th episode of, of season mm. 5. And then, se- then, the, then the final episode is... Tony B. Now, there's a really good episode for me in that, and uh, it's probably my favorite episode of the fifth season, is the one where Tony B, you know, it starts out with him, he's got a job, you know, with the laundry, and he's, mm-hmm. like, gonna load stuff into the truck, and the truck takes off from from under him, and, and he skins yeah. his leg, and, and he sort of, like, talks to his boss and everything, and... Um, his boss comes in as like an investor on his shop, and so he's setting up his shop. It's like he's so close, so close to really normal being life. able to be in this normal life and have his massage parlor and everything like that. And then the rug just gets pulled out from under him, yeah. and he essentially has to turn back to crime. That episode is is amazing to me. Yeah. But and then you know the way that Tony ends up killing him so that Phil doesn't have the chance to. Because he would torture him.
2: That was kind of a shock to me. Yeah. I thought he was going to be another, just because his, Tony B, mm-hmm. because his character felt kind of tragic. Like I figured he would have like a tragic end like that, but, and he did, but just yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it to be Tony.
1: At Tony's hand, yeah. It's sort yeah. of like the way in the second season, the way Richie... Doesn't get killed by Tony. Gets killed by Janice. Yeah. I yes. mean, it's a great.
3: That was that, that, is, satisfying. <laughs> that. That's that's one
1: of my. I mean, when we talk episodes, I think Night and yeah. White Satin Armor is one of my favorites. But for me, I think my favorite is the third.
2: I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: I know I'm supposed to quote unquote say the second season. Uh, that's kind of the fan favorite. Right um well it's the it's the one that um at the time at least i was before five and six came out it's a really complete arc of a season because i mean you start out with pussy showing up and then you end with you know pussy
2: i will say that was the first time that season finale was where i was like okay that's the first like genuinely great episode I thought, even though there were great ones before that, but that was the one where I was like, "Oh, damn! That was that was really good."
1: Yeah. Now the the last montage of season two is uh, it's my favorite use of music on the show because they use the Rolling Stones song "Through and Through," which is you know more or less uh, a really melancholy version of like Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap, you know. (laughs) Give us a call, we'll uh, take care of it, you know. But it's that song is playing, and they show Tony hanging out with his family and everyone's having a good time, all the crew, you know, that are over this. Then it intercuts it with like um, Robert Patrick's character who has been ruined by them, you know, and then they show people walking into into sort of these establishments that are mob run and just the way they are just destroying all these people. And then Tony Soprano at the end, you know, he's, he's just sort of standing like he's a King over all this smoking a cigar. And then it cuts to the ocean at the end where pussy is. is. Yeah. Yeah. That is one of the most, just kind of powerful musical montages of the series. But season three is the one where, even though it does include the worst scene in the history of the show where they uh, resurrect Olivia uh, or Nancy Marchand after she had died. And it is, so it, it, it is, it, is it, it, the scene doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's like a rehashed conversation from earlier in season two. And it's just, it's not, it's not good. And it's ghoulish no. and it, it doesn't work. Now, the, some of that episode where she's died, the, the funeral and stuff is okay, but that scene is awful. But for me, what season three does is it's the reminder series season. It's yeah. the one that says, you know, Y'all have gotten a little bit too comfortable with these people. These people are psychos. They're evil. They're doing bad, bad stuff. And they're hurting people, not just physically, but in every possible way. And just literally destroying human life. And I think that is really, really effective and powerful and uncomfortable, and I think the complexity yeah. of that season really gets to me.
2: When you said that, I was like, that's definitely true. Because that was the season where, like I said, I found myself like hating all of these guys, like in different ways for different things. And I was like, I didn't hate Sylvia, but then he, he does this thing to Tracy. Right. That I was like, maybe turn on him a lot.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that episode what you wrote me and said I don't think I like this episode Or something like I can't remember what <laughs> you like, said And I said
2: I hate I said I hate this episode <laughs>
1: That's what you said And I was like
2: <laughs> Not that I hate it Like it's a bad episode But like I hate that this is Yeah I kind of couldn't take it I was yeah. like this is this is hard <laughs> Well I was
1: like What what episode are you watching And then you wrote Then you texted me And you said university And I was like You know what I think that's my favorite episode Of the entire series Really Yeah and the more that I think about it, because it presents Richie as the devil. But I, what it does is it cuts between Tracy, who is a dancer at the Bada Bing. So sweet. Oh and she's God. she's this wonderful, beautiful, sweet character. I mean, she she's so excited because she's got braces and, and it's like. <laughs> This is sort of indicative of the whole arc of of that episode. Is she's she comes up to Tony smiling. She's <laughs> she's naked mostly, except I think she's wearing a thong, and and, and she goes, "Hi, Tony. What do you think?" And he's, he just looks at her. What am I looking at? It says my teeth. I got braces. Yeah. And then it just shows Tony and Sylvia saying. Yeah, most of them just want tit jobs, but, you know, she doesn't need them. She's a thoroughbred. <laughs> but you're, the part you're talking about is where Silvio goes and, because she hasn't shown up to work, and he drags her out and it sort of, like, pounds her head on the car yeah. and says, car. until yeah. you pay me what you owe me, that shaved that tw- shaved, that twat, twat of yours yeah. belongs to me. Yeah, it's one of the most disturbing moments in the series. But it's intercut with meadow and her boyfriend at university and they're talking about how tough life is and oh, and noah's like noah is such a tool and he's completely using meadow
2: which you don't even really see and until... you don't
1: really see until they break up till the end yeah, and, <laughs> yeah but he's he he used her because he wanted to get laid
2: i mean he could have stayed with her yeah I mean, she was she was into it yeah, <laughs> so absolutely getting laid absolutely no. <laughs> But, but he's It's just, just like jerky. Wanted to move on to the next new one, probably.
1: Probably, you know? and the part with their roommate where they go out—it's like you know she she just can't handle this because she wasn't raised on the mean streets like we were. It's one of those lines where <laughs> I just want to grab him by the scruff of his neck and say, "You little shit! <laughs> you have no idea yeah. you built born with a silver spoon up your ass, just like Meadow." <laughs> absolutely yeah you're raised near the city i guess but come on you were not raised on the mean streets give me a break your dad's an entertainment lawyer
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's another episode that had me pretty heated that's why i said i I hate it because i just i hated what was happening to the the characters in it and yeah to see meadow who claims you know throughout the whole series to have like so much compassion and to not be as like violent as her dad and his family or whatever to see her roommate right going through what she's going through and like genuinely having a crisis and for meadow just be like this is so annoying i'm gonna go over to my boyfriend's house because your your mental health crisis is boring me right pretty much and i'm sick of it i was i was like are you fucking kidding me because i think it's in the same Similar episode nearby where she says something to Tony about, like, oh, like, you're so compassionate, like, being really sarcastic about him. It's like, girlfriend? um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You're kind of being a bitch, too. Yeah. And yeah, they're both so privileged. And she even says at one point in the series, like, that she never saw any violence growing up. And yet she kind of takes on that victim role because she's from this life, you know, even though she's never really.
1: Experience.
2: or experienced yeah. any mm-hmm. of it yeah. definitely not like somebody like tracy oh right um Yeah. and she the way tracy is like so what does she bring tony like some kind of bread yeah or something that she makes so sweet and he's and before this i i even said something to you i think about how tony was actually pretty sweet with the girls at the bottom being which was kind of made me endear me to him a little bit more you know but f- he's very cold to her in this yeah. for
1: well, and the way I that...
2: Know. I know that's probably the point sure. of it. It was just um, to show that they... That they really don't. They don't they don't really see mm. her as more than what she does right. and who she is, you know. if I was like, there's a point in the series where I was like, okay, if one more of you motherfuckers call somebody a whore, I'm gonna stop watching this. I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just the way that guys are.
1: That, yeah, exactly. It, well, and then uh, <laughs> uh, one of the toughest, of course, is Ralphie kills her he slams her head into like a guardrail
2: it's, it's so brutal and then lies not at ab- all again lies about not at it. all what the character deserves no, you know like no. another wonderful character just meets a horrible end well and then for no reason then the very
1: end of the episode has the the dancers sort of talking to each other in somewhat hushed tones saying don't Mm -hmm. don't you dare say a thing then it just goes back up and it has was his name Georgie I can't remember the guy's name the bouncer it's like you know it's if you want to be in here it's 50 bucks and a blowjob for me later and you know it's the same cycle continuing and and it's it's just that idea it's the same idea as the ending of the of the second season Mm -hmm. like you know there are real lives being sort of ripped apart by all this um and you know real hearts just, <laughs> real feelings you know real humans so. it
2: just kind of made me like mad later on to like so happy to finally see ralphie die but because of a horse <laughs> right
1: yeah i know well that's, fuck you that, tony that's that's right he that's part so, of the irony of it yeah
2: i know he gets so emotional I, I i get it I get he's got a thing for animals it's like mm-hmm. a thing in like the whole series but I mean just to see like what do they how do they talk about Tracy afterwards like well I mean she was just a whore pretty much
1: when however there are about... little moments like her picture is still on a mirror in the in the bang and things like that and Tony just kind of has a moment where he just kind of looks at it you know because I remember he that. has <laughs> to the the show is purposefully comparing her to Meadow and so mm-hmm. there, there's a, um, there's that moment. Um, I think of season five. But really,
2: I don't remember that. Yeah,
1: it's it's a very small moment. Okay. Yeah. Um. What are some other favorites? Other favorite episodes? episodes? Yeah.
2: Okay. I was going through this again, and when you kind of Google like lists or uh-huh. whatever that have been made over the years of like the best Sopranos episodes, I mean, I had pretty much the same ones because sure. they're kind of the best and these aren't really in any order um white caps white caps is
1: brilliant fourth season finale uh yeah long longest episode breakup yeah uh, yeah longest episode of the series it's a kind of a mini movie yeah that scene where they break up where she she says you know i've been fantasizing about furio and i heard something (laughs) this is good david chase says he has one regret about the series one regret And that, instead of saying fantasizing, he should have said masturbating. (laughs) I don't know, that
2: might have sent Tony, made him go a little bit too far. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, that part where, you know, Gandolfini is just this big, you know, just bull of a man, he just punches through the wall, that is really intense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, that episode is just, it's a lot of the two of them fighting, but for some, it's so... Yeah. It's so good and so yeah. compelling. And they, they, they're they, both, like, amazing. The way that she even looks. Like, the uh, she's got, like, the mascara running and everything. She yeah. starts out the episode, like, really sick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's going on inside is, like, being projected out. Like, it's just the raw emotion is projected on the outside of her, too. And, yes. then, like, the way that she, oh, God. Seeing the two of them go out. They're, like, too, he's a big, he's a huge powerhouse, through the whole series but she proves that she is just as much of a powerhouse yeah in that episode and they are amazing together
1: um, uh for me the first episode that comes to mind when i think about you know like the especially the first season is college mm-hmm. where tony and meadow go on their own sort of uh they're going on a tour of some of the colleges in the area driving and this is one where Meadow asks, "Are you in the mafia?" Um, yeah. And he's like, "No, there is no mafia," and all that, you know. But he, he kind of levels with her a little bit throughout the course of the episode, uh, and then he spots who he thinks might be this guy uh, who flipped some years before and then got kicked out of the witness relocation program. And then that's intercut with Carmela and the priest.
2: Yeah. Which... Well, the priest, we didn't say anything about him. Yeah. Character. He's, he's a very interesting character. He
1: is. He's <laughs> primarily in the first season, because uh, he just kind of gets tossed out of <laughs> Carmela's life uh, after that, uh, and rightly so.
2: Thank goodness.
1: He was weird. He's a creep, yeah. It's, it's interesting how that is depicted in this, because he doesn't technically... You know, he doesn't sleep with anyone. He doesn't do any of that. But he just skates <laughs> right up to the edge of ethics. You know,
2: it's so weird. And when I Because I was wondering, like, what is this there's something really deal?
1: sexually charged about giving the Eucharist and, and the communion in that episode? Oh, in that episode? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: There's like a whole close up of yeah. um, I heard of her, an interview like, with Leon's Alan talking,
1: Coulter yeah. today who directed that episode. He's one of the okay. main directors of the series. And he said, originally they were going to stage it somewhere else. And he says, what if we turn it and have them do this in front of the fire, give it sort of a porno look?
2: <laughs> or like, it could be the beginnings of a sex scene. Right. <laughs> and then
1: and then I guess David Chase saw that and was like, I'm going to make you a producer on this show. <laughs> so he loved that episode so much. And, and for me, that was the first episode where I really got it. Um, and what they were trying to do. And the thing is, it's not really a mob episode. It, it doesn't have Junior. It doesn't have Christopher. It doesn't have that you know turmoil stuff going on. It's the family is what it really is. And Carmela and Tony kind of on their own tracks. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really have anything to do with what comes before or after, except for little tiny little bits. It's really an effective episode. And that was the one where I first went, oh, okay, okay okay i get this after that there's a certain energy that i vibe with for yeah. the rest of the first season
2: it's always good having father daughter stuff too like yeah he keeps lying to her throughout the episode but she knows that he's lying yeah. and but there's some sweet stuff like when he has to take her home because he got drunk. drunk with their yeah. girls <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really good
1: What's another one for you?
2: Okay. One of my favorites is another kind of outlier is the first episode of season three. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. I love Mr. that Mr. Ruggerio's Neighborhood, which is all about the feds trying to bug Tony's house. Yes i thought that was beautiful i loved that and the, especially the way that it ended too with them like having a conversation about like what kind of floss or something right. to use yeah. that's, what, that's what they they finally get it done and they it's and like it's a boring conversation between, conversation between Carmela yeah. and tony that was a really fun episode yeah and then it has a great payoff later on when meadow takes the lamp to college it does, <laughs> it does. it's really good
1: um I guess thinking back to the first season still, Isabella, the episode where... Tony sees the neighbor who's staying with the Cusumanos, the dental student um, from Italy. But hey, it turns out she's not real. (laughs) She's a hallucination. Yeah, uh, that's a really good episode. Uh, Also, directed by Alan Coulter, now that I think of it. That was another really strong episode. He directs a lot of the really good episodes of the series. It's um, also the one where Tony gets not quite shot. It doesn't actually hit him, and he uh, escapes the hit from Junior. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a really good one.
2: The Happy Wanderer. I
1: love The Happy Wanderer. That's the one I was going to bring up. That's the
2: one with Robert Patrick and his that character's arc um that's a really good one that
1: one's brilliant like right. the, the gambling addiction then uh meadow's poor friend you know who happens yeah, to the be th- his yeah, the, son the, the uh, way that it yeah. kind
2: of spills over that that life spills into his family life by his son eric uh meadow's friend and then right trying to give her his car to pay for it and everything later on uh it's like
1: but then <sighs> meadow also has gonna
2: fly <laughs> meadow
1: also ends up getting what she wants because she gets the solo because he quits and she wants a solo in this cabaret night thing that's true. and and Carmela <laughs> says well that was a lucky break
3: that's true it's just kind of <laughs>
1: like oh boy there's some some of the ironies are really dark mm-hmm. in, on the show
2: but I just thought Robert Patrick was really good in that too mm-hmm. and it was another another kind of like outsider character like Artie mm-hmm. that you can see that Tony, like, does kind of like, but you can't let him get away with it. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know? That's that's the thing about it, because they sort of bust him out, and it's kind of like explaining to him in, like, these really quiet sort of compassionate tones. Hey, this happens, you know? Mm-hmm. It's We got to do it, though. You know, you'll, yeah. you'll be all right. And he <laughs> can
2: see how much he's suffering and how uh, the guy's <laughs> probably ready to, like, do something to himself, you know? And, right. But he's still like, Sorry. Got to get the money. Yeah, it's like, fuck you, uh, pay me, but in the nicest yeah, exactly. way possible.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Just destroy that guy. Uh, knight in white satin armor. Yeah. Uh, and that's a line that Irina says to Tony. Where's my knight in white satin armor? You know, um, but, or whatever. I can't do an Irina impression.
2: Another funny thing about the show is yeah. <laughs> getting those things wrong.
1: <laughs> well, I think that, because... What I remember is Janice trying on her wedding dress, which is obviously white satin. Is that what it's around? I think okay, I so. Because like, I think. That's not right. <laughs> I, I do believe that uh, the knight in white satin armor is referring to Janice. Richie just belts her in the face. You know, and at the beginning of that episode that shows him having sex and he's holding a gun to her head. She hooks up with she's guys weird. with she's weird, it. weird perversions, yeah. you know, because <laughs> then Ralphie, Ralphie too. Nice. But I, I get the feeling that, you know, Bacala's pretty missionary, vanilla, vanilla missionary <laughs> position kind of guy. Um, Maybe that's why she
2: <laughs> kind of takes over the family.
1: Yeah.
2: He's not as uh, mean right. as other guys that she's used to, you know? Right. Which is kind of... That's horrible for her. Yeah. Uh, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, she just goes and but gets God. the gun and Ugh. shoots him. And it was shocking. It, uh, seeing that for the first time, it was just like, whoa.
2: Shocking, but satisfying. immensely satisfying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ralphie is one of the scariest. Uh, I mean, sorry. Richie, Richie is one of the scariest characters. What's interesting is, you know, the guy that plays him, I, his name is escaping me right now. Forgive me. He's much shorter than Tony, but something about his presence is just like he can stand toe to toe with him and still you believe it. I guess some of the other actors, they tried Ed O'Neill, and I guess they said he was really good. Ed O'Neill could have played Richie April. Um, <laughs> he was uh, one of the people who auditioned for that. Um Which, you know, it would have been nice to see him, you know, sort of escape the Al Bundy thing a little earlier, you know, and and do something like that. You know, he got his chance, you know, American family to was sort of a, or modern family was sort of a chance to play something different.
2: Well, but this guy, I think as he shows in that last scene with Janice, the reason he's so scary is because he's so unapologetic. Oh, yeah. About the way he is. And just completely uncaring, and that's mm-hmm. that's why he's able to you know stand up with Tony just because he's like I don't give a fuck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pretty
1: much. Ugh. He gets a pass for a long time in the season too, because so Ralphie and She's Ralphie like does too, and that's Ugh, that's something God. that's interesting. I, I wonder yeah. if Phil Leotardo ultimately sees that as weakness in Tony, as something he can exploit. And it's like why did you take so long to? get rid of these guys you know and and in both cases he doesn't even admit that he killed them it's uh yeah they they uh disappeared and pussy too yeah and speaking of pussy the final episode of the second season
2: Funhouse.
1: Funhouse. yes and that what's great about that one too is it's one of the dream sequence episodes and i love the dream episodes uh dream dream sequences so in this series are funny. so smart yeah yeah oh there's this so many starts out so many so
3: funny fart, though.
1: fart jokes and poop because, jokes and
2: because <laughs> tony has food poisoning yeah. <laughs> and he is hilarious when he's sick and everything because he's trying to figure out like what's wrong with him and Artie comes over because he had tony had eaten at this indian restaurant before and then come over it's a to clarified the butter <laughs> and Artie's on the phone with pussy because he had the same food too and <laughs> Artie's like he Okay, he's, he's had a little bit of di- diarrhea, and Tony's just laying their face down on the bed, and he just goes, you motherfucker. And <laughs> yeah. it just made me laugh so much.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the implication of that is that he doesn't really have food poisoning. Instead, he is sick over pussy, that he knows what, what has oh, to okay. happen. I, I, because no one else got sick seriously ill at least oh
2: okay you know i didn't think about that that's
1: that's my interpretation at least whether that's what david Chase or whoever wrote the episode had in mind i don't know that but, works
2: really well yeah, though yeah because there is kind of um hints along the way before that last episode where you're like does he know does he, is he suspicious? Does he know for sure?
1: Well, he doesn't know for sure. I mean, he has it in his head because, <sighs> I mean, in the first season, you know, he the lieutenant said, you know, he's wired for sound. And he's like, oh, no, it's not pussy. It's Jimmy is what he thinks by the end of the first season. Hmm. And they have Jimmy killed.
2: But he, he's very suspicious of him for the rest of Absolutely. the season. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's so nerve wracking. And the way that that last episode plays out. Oh, the boat, was, oh. the
1: sequence on the boat is just, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, you got. That's beautiful. Brilliant. It is. <laughs> and the thing is, your killers come with smiles.
2: That's the way it is with these guys. Yeah, From
1: Goodfellas, right? It's your friends. And that's who it is. It's Silvio. It's Paulie, It's Tony. And they take him aboard. And the thing is, Tony, I feel like, is conflicted. I mean, he, oh, he genuine love for this man, right? Uh-huh. Silvio and Pauly maybe are, but they won't show it. They would never show it. I think Pauly is sort of like, he's just angry that. Oh,
2: yeah. He is at anybody like that. He, he yeah. doesn't really show emotion in like caring way. He's just, he's very angry a lot. Yeah. 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 And he even says to pussy in that scene like i loved you or something or he, he talks about him in the past tense to him yeah so uh, he's like already kind of accepted it and yeah they know that they have to just kind of go along with whatever yeah. tony says anyway yeah but i mean i really i wish they hadn't but uh you know just the way that they draw it out and he's asking questions and just like making sure even though he has pretty much the evidence yeah um he's got because he finds w- the you, wire yeah he, he finds the wire in yeah. his in his bedroom yeah, yeah. you you almost kind of wish it was one of those like sneaky like joe pesci moments where it was, oh fuck and right. <laughs> it's over you know but no they kind of draw it out and and then and the, you know just they, like nail and then they make it to where like oh maybe he could get out of it maybe they'll let him go but you know yeah. in the back of your mind that they're not at the same time but they're still like that sliver of hope, and then and, yeah, it comes out of nowhere when he's like, you know, mm-hmm. can I sit down? And, then, and I awful. remember this
1: being kind of surprising too for a show at that time that you would kill a character that prominent. Uh, I mean, that was kind of surprising. That it kind of for the rest of the series is sort of like all bets are off. Oh,
2: exactly. You know, yeah,
1: anybody can die. And so when Tony, for example, gets shot in the sec in the first episode of season six. There's an implication that he could die.
2: It was when you were watching yeah. the show like yeah. when it was first airing, I
1: guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, obviously. I literally not
2: after did that. not care though. That whole that whole arc of Tony getting shot was completely lost on you me. You should have waited
1: a year. Like
3: we Because had I to. did not
2: after what happened with Adriana and how much I hated yeah. Christopher and yeah. Tony yeah. at that. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, he got shot? Yeah. Good. <laughs> so Okay. That whole arc was just kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't care. Okay, so we've killed al- Adriana,
1: <laughs> right? We've already mentioned a couple of season three episodes. I'm trying to think of well, employee oh, of the month. employee of the month and Pine Barrens. I think are the other yes. two really big ones from yeah. from three. I mean, those are honestly the more I watch the show, the more it's like I could. Probably talk about every episode and, and and say something about everything, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, but uh, Employee of the Month is we've already talked about that one a little bit. That's the one where Melfi gets raped uh, in the garage, uh, their, her parking garage of her office. And really she she saying. finds out who it is mm-hmm. when she's in, like, a fast food place just ordering something. A
3: sandwich.
2: You know what? Yeah. I, like I said, I was watching that again, and, like, she's ordering a sandwich, and she sees this picture on the wall. There's, like, a Britney Spears song yeah. playing over it, too. Yeah, The show's really good about music.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The seasons
2: go on. It's great to have an episode centered around Melfi.
1: Yes. It's really the only one that is. <laughs>
2: I know. Yeah, that was a
1: tough one. It's a tough episode, but I I think it deals with the complicated, you know, vigilante justice. um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, very emotional element that sexual assault and it's a violent rape. It's very graphic. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to watch. Um, Just that idea. She says what all of us think when she unloads on Elliot, Elliot. He says i could crush him like a bug that's what we all want to do right
2: absolutely <laughs>
1: but then when that's it comes hear- down to the morality i mean the vigilante justice of it all is well and that's what she's of,
2: hearing from richard and right from jason yeah you know clearly and you know that that's what she would get from tony too it would be
1: well tony could actually do something about it though yeah that's what i mean
2: like she's heard it from the other men in her life like she knows that tony would have no problem absolutely like
1: no he he would probably be be happy he he would get joy out of doing it (laughs) yes you know he would probably do it himself
2: absolutely with his bare hands
1: if there's anything (laughs) because everyone tony kills he kills with his bare hands just about, except Pussy. He doesn't kill Pussy. He kills him with a gun, but Tony. he kills. Um, yeah, when Tony Ralphie. Yeah, Tony kills um, the the in college. He kills him with his by strangling him. He uses his mm. hands. He kills Christopher with his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, he's very it's that kind of thing. Tony B. Tony B, that's right. He uses the he uses the A shotgun because um, he doesn't want him to suffer. That's true. Yeah,
2: but yeah, that we've already said. Like that last scene between the two of them is just uh, so heartbreaking because again, as much as you you want to, what we've learned from this world, you know, what we want to see happen to this person could actually happen, but mm-hmm. you know that this character cannot step over that line right and will not and does not the whole time and she she stays on the other side of that the whole time as much as she is conflicted about just being his psychiatrist throughout as much as they like try to break up with each other you know throughout the whole series you know (laughs) he always says like this isn't doing anything i'm gonna leave and i should i should dump him as a patient um yeah this is a moment where you kind of you see how much they actually do care about each other that's right
1: people that's right and the thing and is, and it's a really great scene. And the show did the right thing by Tony never finding out. Yes, uh, I
3: agree. I was, I was you know, hoping for that.
2: I was yeah. like, I, I don't want this to be like so poignant in this one episode. And then for it to come up, you know, two seasons later. It's like, right. No, that was the right decision to have him never finding out about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because that was that the point of it would have been completely destroyed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he had ever found out about it.
1: And then we go from talking about one of the most poignant episodes to one of the most fun episodes, and that's Pine Barrens.
2: Pine Barrens. <laughs>
1: this is the one where Christopher, Polly and, Christopher, Christopher. <laughs> and Polly get lost in the woods, just uh, trying to, failing to shoot a guy, uh, r- the Russian yeah. guy. Um <laughs> Now here's the thing. This was, him, this, was uh, this episode was directed by Steve Buscemi.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize that when I first watched it. I must, I must have missed his
1: name. The thing is, when they shot this, I mean, he was just, he was assigned to whatever episode came up, and so it wasn't necessarily going to be this one. And another thing, because people say, "Oh, it's like Fargo. It's like he must have been assigned to because of Fargo." No, there's, it's like not at all. And then another thing, in the script, it wasn't in the winter either and there happened to have been a blizzard before they shot oh, really? and so yeah so they're getting the end of this blizzard in the in the final in the first part of this so there wasn't intended to be snow on the ground either it, 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 this is just kind of a coincidence that it's just this fargo link happened but it's a really funny episode i know it's a fan favorite uh, it's Lorraine bracco's favorite episode of the series yeah Part of it is just it's it's funny. It's it's Paulie being paulie Christopher being Christopher. You get to see Bobby, you know, dressed up like Elmer Fudd, and it's really fun. <laughs> the part where he comes out in Junior's apartment and he's wearing the whole get up and Tony just cracks up. <laughs> um, there's a behind the scenes story about this Steve Sharippa tells. gandolfini told him it's like, Okay, you're gonna have to do something to m- make me laugh because I'm just not gonna find it funny unless you do something to make me laugh. And so Sharippa went to the prop department and got like a giant strap-on dildo. <laughs> and he said it, it said literally like a three foot dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and um That's what he was wearing. And, and he comes in and he's wearing this thing and, and Gandolfini just lost it. Uh, <laughs> so that's what's in the episode. <laughs>
2: i like bobby's reaction to that too is like what like, <laughs> right, well my exactly. help or not <laughs> it's great <laughs> he's the most prepared of any of those guys for being out in the know, woods exactly like, come on well i
1: mean it, when Polly and christopher <laughs> Polly loses his shoe well, yeah
2: <laughs> and he like makes his shoe out of the carpet and everything yeah
1: they find the van and they're sitting in there and it yeah freezing to death <laughs> um and then, and then they, they have to
2: eat like ketchup packets <laughs> yeah
1: uh siriko's hair gets really <laughs> when, he, he never let his hair get disheveled no one touches uh-huh. his hair but he for that episode he does and it's funny it's a really good episode a lot of fun
2: yeah it's one of those like bottle episodes of is. any series that's it's just you kind of know that it's going to be a good one the, pretty much.
1: <laughs> those uh, sort of self-contained episodes tend to be the ones that uh-huh. stand out the most.
2: Oh, always.
1: Yeah. yeah. So they're they're really good. Uh, fourth season, I I think I really like the episode The Weight, where um, the joke about Ginny Sack, she had a 95-pound mole removed from her ass, you know, or whatever that Ralphie says. And it gets back to Johnny Sack. And he re- he sets up meetings with, you know, the head of the New York family at Carmine and everything and says, you know, we got to we're going to kill this guy because of this joke. I think what I like about it so much is it really establishes that Johnny Sack and Ginny are genuinely in love and they really mm-hmm. are, yeah. you know, these I, it gives that character so much more depth. Johnny Sack. In particular, because up till then he's just sort of like the New York guy that you know they have to kick up to and they have to work with. You know, you always have Junior saying "fuck New York" and things like that. (laughs) Um, But uh, they have to work with this guy um, because the the Jersey family is is not as big as the New York family, so they. They call him a glorified crew and things like that. So it really humanizes Johnny Sack, I think, quite a bit. And there's
2: a big deal when mm-hmm. Johnny Sack moves into New Jersey, right? And Tony like, uh, is like, some reason why you didn't tell me that, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's
1: really so he can, he says so he can have a nice house and everything, and
2: yeah, nice schools for yeah. kids or whatever. But yeah, I love their relationship because it's it's genuine and it's honest. And that whole struggle and...
1: with weight, I think I feel that so much oh, because, yeah. you know, obviously having done that myself, you know, and it's hard. Yeah. And when when Johnny comes home and finds her that she's sort of broken into a stash and she's like I I, I was getting tired. I was, you know, Hypoglycemic and stuff, and it's like, well, I can't whack a guy because.
2: And that doesn't make what it, he said any. It doesn't, of course. Horrible. It
1: doesn't, but you know.
2: Even though the guys absolutely had a conversation earlier in the series, where absolutely. they all made jokes about Jenny. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, and the thing right. is, they the, all they need to do is look in a mirror. of Like uh, the first thing that Tony says to Bobby Bacala when he sees him is you should seriously consider salads. <laughs> Maybe it's not the first thing, but it's pretty close. It's like, have you looked in a mirror? You, f- <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> the, I mean, which is what Bobby says, you know, later to someone yeah. else, but it's just, it's true. And Tony's so funny. There's a, there, I don't even, it's just a moment in one of the episodes where he gets on the scale. He doesn't really like what he sees. So he takes off his shoes, steps back on, mm-hmm. doesn't like it still. So he takes off his pants too. <laughs> And then he gets back on the I scale. I thought that was,
2: that was such a funny little thing yeah. that they threw in because he could only talk to Junior in his doc, Junior's doctor's office. Right. And every time they had a meeting in the doctor's office, He'd Tony would just sort of himself. casually weigh himself. Yep. Which kind of got – I mean, because obviously you see a lot of, uh, like, gluttony throughout the show, especially yep. from Tony. He's always – they're always all always eating, but especially Tony is always eating, yep. always going to the fridge and getting something. Yep. So that kind of put me on the path of like, okay, tony is he's definitely representing gluttony, but I think he's also very representative of like all of the yes. deadly sins
1: absolutely when you when you said that over text to me, I was like, oh, yeah <laughs> he, yeah he absolutely <laughs> is all of those things
2: definitely we definitely see gluttony in the way that he eats, yes, but it's also like gluttony and greed, yep, you know, obviously with Mm-hmm. You know, wanting always wanting all about money and everything, and having the best and lust with all of his all mistresses. Of yeah, mm-hmm. I wrath.
1: mean he's drive. He gives he gives one of the Bing <laughs> girls a drive home, and she gives him a blowjob on the way. I and mean, yeah. it's just like it's, it's like so casual. Yeah, so.
2: <laughs> definitely wrath, wrath, and pride. Is a big thing, yeah, yeah, pride. Especially there's one scene, especially when he, um, oh, it's his bodyguard. Remember that scene in yeah. um Satrial? In the back of the yeah. He's like looking at all the guys, and he's he's picking out which one he's gonna, yeah. He's gonna choose, you know, to like kind of establish himself as like the, the top the dog.
1: alpha, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Again, and he goes after his bodyguard and just like picks a Who's fight with just
1: him, just like ripped, you know. I know, big guy, big young guy, because
2: because something I forgot what had happened now, but something it's after gonna... he gets
1: shot. I mean, he's trying to okay reestablish right, right, right. his dominance. Yeah, you know, because he doesn't want to be perceived as weak, even though he went through this massive surgery. And well, the thing is, you know, like he and Christopher comparing their scars and stuff, because mm-hmm. Christopher's shot in the second season. Um, yeah, and that's a really good episode too—the one where the "From Where to Eternity," where uh, yeah. Polly goes to the medium and thinks he, <laughs> and he's told <laughs> that he has all these uh, dead people following him around.
0: Yeah,
1: but it's like. This all should have been covered by my donations. This should all have been taken <laughs> care of. I love that's right. That's one of the funniest <laughs> things to me. I love that episode. I love that part of that episode.
2: Doesn't he walk into the Bing one time and he sees the Virgin Mary? Is that Polly?
1: Yeah, uh, is that probably? I remember that though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's Polly. But um, <laughs> Polly is inter- He's so superstitious. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. I, we already mentioned white caps as being a great one. That is yeah. definitely. Um, I also like the episode where, I I mean, some of these are like moments because I. I Their favorite scenes as well that we can mention. Yeah. I, I haven't really talked about We were starting big and going smaller. We're, on we're going episodes. all over the place. Yeah. It's just whatever. But, <laughs> um and then uh season five of uh, i, I re- like i said i re- i really really like that episode with tony b you know just his sort of mm. losing his way i, I oh, think was really it good
2: was it five or four that's the episode um d girl with oh
1: d girls two two yeah okay yeah that's a really yeah that was another one of my favorites the one with yeah. john favreau yeah, and that's alicia Witt. A, that's a <laughs> really really good one and alicia oh
2: uh. <sighs> She's great. And a redhead. Redhead! <laughs> anyway. Of course you love her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had that one written down, too. I forgot about that one.
1: Yeah. We don't have to go in order, but yeah.
2: Okay. Well, just two big Adrian episodes that we've already kind of mentioned that I, I love and hate at the same time. <laughs> Obviously, is um, irregular around the margins. Yes. Because um, that one, like I said, I mean, there's there's little moments throughout where she and tony kind of they have a, they have a good relationship they have a decent mm-hmm. like you know they're nice to each other or whatever but he really seems like he's like actually trying to get to know her yeah and then episode and then it just gets completely fucked when <laughs> they get into the car accident and how does that rumor even start just because they were together in they the got an the accident that, in the that's middle of what, the night in a car that's what that's all as people are yeah. assuming,
1: and I gotta say, you know, the way <sighs> Drea De Mateo, i mean, she's just in that outfit she wears in that episode. God, it's like that leather black thing. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like—I mean, she's she's always attractive, but it was just she was like, like she can look good in anything. <laughs> but but it was just like for with that, it was just like, oh, <sighs> whoa, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be hard for anyone to resist frankly it was just like and tony is attracted to her clearly but he doesn't oh, yeah. do anything you know he ge- it's literally he gives her a ride home and they get in an accident
2: yeah right. i don't I, I really don't think he w- he would have or he would have but she wouldn't have i think Absolutely. you're right yeah no. yeah i think that's where people get it kind of wrong mm-hmm. you know in what they believe about the rumors yeah. that if they actually knew her they knew that she they would know that she would never have done that. Right. It doesn't matter whether Tony whatever or not. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I love that episode. I love that it gives her there's some other great moments with her too. Um, especially when she's talking to Tony at her club, which is a great like arc that they give her, you know, being in charge of that club yep. and like mm-hmm. uh, you, you think that would help her move away from Christopher eventually or just kind of realize uh.
1: that she has capabilities that they don't give her credit for and exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: there's one little moment um when she's talking to him she's talking to tony when she says that you know like i was scared of you at first and she says well that's how i am with everybody i'm scared of everybody at first but so you can just kind of see like she's really just kind of this shy like really insecure person even though like it, don't see it from the outside just because of the way she looks i think that's a big part of her character honestly oh i think so too yeah you see that now that how other people treat her i think there's a lot of jealousy there's a lot of envy yeah and that kind of closes her off from people like even though that's what that's what she desperately wants throughout the whole series is someone to actually be close to and to yeah. show her the kind of kindness that she gives to everybody else right that's when i really hated carmella too because carmella just automatically believes it and she tries to kind of redeem herself later on in the in the series like after she's killed and it's like oh well, what happened to adriana but she's Carmela. honestly sometimes she's a little dumb well, I, I don't
1: think she's dumb. I think she's just <laughs> choosing to ignore, which is much worse. Yeah, I think I true. really like, think she's just because she has got to know in I mean, her heart yeah, exactly. of her heart that Adriana is dead
2: and that Christopher or Tony or both had something to do with it. Yeah,
1: she <laughs> she knows what's up. She knows that this yeah. happens. I mean, she has a what a Uzi in her house. Or a AK forty seven or whatever it is when yeah. in that first episode, right?
2: That's just another thing that made me not like her and, and feel for Adriana. <laughs> yeah, and but just that scene. There's been unfortunately too many times we've seen you know Christopher hurt her, but I mean when he she's already been in a car accident, she's already hurt, and he smacks her and tries to you know choke her. That's just that's so brutal. Yeah, and and then to watch them. Um, just like sit down to dinner with Tony and Carmela. Right afterwards, nobody says
1: anything. Yeah. <laughs> and Christopher kills her dog. <laughs> Poor little
2: Cosette. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, Poor mm. a little Cosette. And then um, the other episode where she killed long-term parking.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: God, I can't. I can't with that. Like, like you said, that whole car ride over with Silvio, It's when you kind of, you pretty much know that it's it's going to happen. And mm. there's that one little moment where. She envisions herself Just driving, driving away. driving away. By herself. Yeah. She's got her
3: suitcase, her cute little yeah.
2: car,
1: and then it cuts to her in the passenger seat with Silvio driving out to the think, middle of the frickin' nowhere. And even though yeah.
2: uh, it doesn't really seem like it until it's actually happening, I think she knew. I think so, it was too. coming. I think, I think so. she actually knew. Yeah. yeah. And then the fact that it was Silvio that did it also kind of made me go, no why yeah i already was like not liking him because of the thing with tracy and now this yeah but uh he's just a tool and i knew that it was i know was christopher that it's christopher It's tony and yeah. tony is the one that okayed it and everything yeah uh, but like i said i was not okay with that whole like
3: <laughs> yeah and that one of the things
1: still worth remembering is that there <laughs> was a good year year and a half between <laughs> season five and six so there was sort of time to process, decompress. <laughs> I guess. Um,
2: yeah, I didn't have that. Okay, I was like, right. binging the whole thing.
1: <laughs> right when Junior kill uh kills shoots Tony in the in the sixth season premiere, it's kind of you know first of all we're they're sort of playing with this idea that to get Junior off on his charges that he's got dementia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Which he kind of fakes in the previous season. Well, now it turns out it's, no, it's actually true. He actually does have dementia. And so Tony getting shot, and then those first couple episodes, I mean, it's kind of ballsy, I think, to lay out your main character for, like, the first five episodes of your final season. <laughs> uh, who does that? Well, David Chase apparently <laughs> does that. Um, yeah. So the, the season six, uh, there, there are episodes um for me it's not episodes that stand out it's more like just things that stand out
2: well just about him being shot too. the whole like oh yeah wound thing yeah
1: what yeah i know it's so gross i know he shot his pancreas or whatever and then uh well christopher says that he has no spleen he he got shot in the spleen when he got shot so that it's a similar wound uh <laughs> And again, Adriana's by Christopher's side that whole time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and what I find interesting here is, you know, Carmela's sort of devotion. You know, she's, yeah. she's not. So first time we see her, she's not made up. She's not I- any of the mob wife stuff. You know, it's just Carmela. And I, I mm-hmm. think that is uh, effective. I think the dream stuff is really because he's a regular schnook. In 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 this dream, (laughs) yeah, and you know he's just on a business trip. Yeah, he doesn't have the Goomba accent. He actually is using just James Gandolfini's natural speaking voice. Yep, it's really effective, and just that lighthouse, which who knows what that actually is? You know, is it you know some you know whatever the lighthouse is. um That's uh, the the, light. The 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 search. The searchlight. You know, and then you know, it's like you see him coming out of it. The light from the ceiling from from the hospital and stuff. Yeah, Um, that works its way into the coma dream, and I don't know. I find it to, uh, and you know, just hearing the the voice in the trees, and it's it's come back to us, Daddy, come back to us, and you see that in the real Mm -hmm. world, it's meadow, and but he hears, you know, like little girl meadow, yeah, which is pretty powerful. And
2: that's like over two episodes, isn't
1: yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of things. A lot of these are sort of like multi episode groupings, you know? Um, yeah. The veto arc in the sixth season is, I think, one of my favorite things in the series. Yeah. He gets found out that he's gay. So he knows what that means to, like Phil, like we've said, he's very old school, as you, and he's, He's homophobic. That's you know. There's no other way to put it. And he's a lot of the guys are. Yeah, they all are. Well, it was they interesting, you know. Tony, by the end, though, he's saying like, "Who cares?" You know, it's like
2: <laughs> he says that from the beginning. Yeah,
1: which is interesting. You know that he's kind of like, okay, uh, if he comes back, then well, what are we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna let him. We're gonna let him do his his job and make us some fucking money. You know, yeah, it is he's like a
2: good. <laughs> he's a good earner for yeah. them it's not something as egregious as you know being a an informant for the feds right you know it's not
1: something <laughs> well not to tony it, to phil yeah. It is phil is like you've betrayed my entire yeah. family
2: tony is he's got a little bit of the old school in him sure. but he's also open to change you kind of see it yeah. um through um his his feelings about veto he's like um it's you know, whatever year it was right. then that this was. And he does say, like, we we all know that Vito is not the only one right. that has ever been.
1: Yeah. He implies that so, Phil would have imprisoned. I think it's one, oh, one, yeah. one of the things he's doing. Uh, they have
2: a conversation about yeah. how they give a pass to the guys for that when it happens in prison, yep. because that's just what you got to do. All right. There's no women. Yeah. So... And like you said, too, like Vito at the beginning of the series was somebody who I didn't even like really pay attention to. Right. Like they would say Vito and I'd be like, wait, which, which one of these guys yeah. is Vito? <laughs> I don't, I didn't even really know who he was. And then giving him this whole arc and spending so much time away from the guys and in his, when he kind of goes, when he realizes everybody's found out and he kind of goes on the lamb yeah. in New Hampshire and tries to lay low. Um, just giving him so much time away from them and just to really kind of be himself and meeting Johnny Cakes and obviously all that stuff is just it's its so beautiful. And then it's the same thing that the whole series does is that there's that conflict of just when I thought they was out, they pull me back in when he he's he bored. He can't, he, he can't he's he, bored yeah. and he realized he can't fully. Leave the life and live this whole new life, live his truth finally, as much as he wants to. He's way too trusting of the guys when he tries to come back, you know, and thinking that they're gonna let him come back and let him like make excuses like it was some medication or whatever that he was taking, but he's over it now, you Mm -hmm. know. He just because he he wants it both ways, and in this world, you can't have it both ways. Unfortunately.
1: It was an arc that really got to me. Yeah. Um, I went on vacation when I was kind of in the middle of it. He and Johnny had kind of just gotten together. And so it, I kind of left it hanging. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> didn't remember what was coming next. I'd only watched the sixth season once. And I don't know if I just didn't follow it that closely. But it was really moving.
2: You knew from the way that the guys were always talking probably that he wasn't gonna make it right you know yeah. it was just always kind of about would it be like a mercy thing by yeah. tony yeah. or would it be something horrible and unfortunately is something horrible <laughs> right yeah and i'm laughing because i'm uncomfortable because when they i'm glad they didn't show it you know right especially and they say oh right right they, what happened right right they do what they, happens, you're right they do not
1: show what they do you're, you're right about that is it's it's like he he's just, dead and then they
2: but they show the reaction to the guys yeah you know when they hear that mm-hmm. and i think that was a good moment for them still though because you know i think that's like okay this is the consequence of your homophobia right and you know this is a person that you cared about is this what you wanted to happen to him just because he was gay Right, And I think they're kind of realizing that in a way, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't know what else to add. I was just really, really taken and moved, I know, I moved was, by yeah. that. Uh, and I didn't expect to be because, I mean, Vito was always kind of a character that I was sort of like kind of repelled by. I mean, <laughs> in, in some in some <laughs> well, ways. Well,
2: he had the whole like weight
0: loss arc. Yeah. Was which really is really cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean,
1: he was the guy that always sit at the... He would sit with his fan at the at the construction sites and just sort of <laughs> yeah, that's I right. mean it's like for some reason that was okay, but actually working and doing construction was just like horrible. <laughs> Which I find <laughs> whereas just sitting there and shooting the shit was like oh that's fine
2: but when he actually goes to new hampshire that's yeah. such a great like portrayal of like the, the inner conflict that he's having too mm-hmm. is when he's doing it's winter time and he's like outside doing some kind of work on some lady's farm or whatever yeah. and he's you got that inner monologue going on about like the that time is going by really slow it's like oh, okay i have got something really good for lunch you know if i can just make it until then then the day will be half over so it's it's got to be 11 o'clock by now 11 30 and he looks at this clock he's watching 10 o'clock yeah damn it you know exactly what he's thinking too he's trying so hard to have this new life and he's so used to that the old easy life easy money kind of thing that he's got to go back and it's just that's what's crushing about his character and tony says it too like if he had just stayed away or somebody says it yeah if he had just stayed away we would have left him alone you know yep
1: yeah it's true uh um, That's horrible. Yeah. There's an episode that stood out to me f- for some reason called The Ride where it's it, they have the carnival going on. The carnival, right? Yeah, yeah, and the carnival sort of breaks down and and you know it's like, "Oh, my child was almost killed." And it's like, "No, she no, she, she wasn't. wasn't." Calm down. Uh, yeah, Janice <laughs> is over the top with that. But you know, obviously the blame Paul. Janice having a
2: kid, by the way, scared yeah. me. Oh, I. Know. <laughs> You know, the very first, because they didn't say anything about her, like her being pregnant or whatever. Right. You just see, there's like she's one thing. She's yeah, just born. Yeah, she's like, just nursing her like child. Yeah, and she looks like disgusted. Yeah, <laughs> it was just yeah, which uh, matches with her character. But I was also like, oh god, I was so worried about Janice as a mother.
1: But I don't know what it was. There was something about for me in that episode seeing Tony. Because, you know, this little girl, she wants to go on that ride again. Mm-hmm. And mommy's like, no, no, Janice is saying no. And then Tony just picks her up and just like, to- uh, you know, like lifts her up in the There's air. like airplane, like, you know, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. just so, I don't know. It's really sweet. There's something kind of just beautiful and simple about it. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that one really touched me.
2: Well, there's another great one, too. Kind of like that with the uh, Soprano Hall movie. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to...
1: That's one I was going to mention, too. That, that Carmella and one Tony go to
2: see Bobby and Janice at the At lake the lake house.
1: And Bobby and Tony get in a fight. like a,
2: They get into a knockdown drag house. Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, they look like a couple of sumo wrestlers. I mean, ah. when they're going at each other, too. I mean, just like the way they're standing. And then Tony's got the, the Monopoly piece stuck to his face it
2: gets stuck to his face (laughs) it's
1: but but then you know there are these great moments with tony and bobby you know just talking about you've never killed anyone have you it's like that's crazy your your dad was like the terminator you know and um he says well i i just never wanted to to do that and then tony makes him go kill someone Mm -hmm. after that that's really heavy stuff and when he's just standing there by the lake holding his daughter at the end yeah
2: and bobby's yeah. one of the like kind of sweet like goofy guys that you just cannot help but love his whole thing with trains and his little train I, head. and
1: i love the part of season two of where he's gonna play gonna play santa's like i can't play santa i'm shy
2: <laughs> yeah just what tony ends up turning him into i know but that's another great like family it um, is episode too it and is. also, just another like them, like them getting away from their world for a while and like the peacefulness of just like being out by the lake alone, yeah. but still that world like creeps in. They can never fully get away from it as much as they try.
1: You're right. <laughs> right. It's a little bit like the one where Christopher and Tony B go out to the cabin in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere yeah, yeah. and just to, you know, dig up the and move the, the, bodies, that, <laughs> the bodies. Right. Um, but. There's just sort of like this the, when they're able to get away from it all. There's a sort of simplicity to it. I think that's why you have this, like Hesh. You know, he kind of lives away from it all. He lives in that mm. mansion. You know, from being a producer and composer, quote unquote, on um, on all that 50s music, <laughs> so he's able to wow. to retire out in the in in the ranch in the middle of nowhere mm. um, because he stole. <laughs> Stole money essentially from black uh, musicians, mm-hmm. so took the credit. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, but that's totally true. That absolutely happened. So
2: uh, I don't know the episode name, but the one where um, Polly and Tony have to go down to Florida. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I like that one a lot. That's when I uh, where they, they there's some yeah, stuff
1: they where they meet up with Beansy and everything.
2: Because mm-hmm. as much as Polly is very much a loudmouth, and mm-hmm. yeah he's got the same kind of like racist and homophobic stuff that he spouts there are a lot of stuff about his character that kind of endear you to him when you see his apartment yes i think especially just seeing his apartment as, some, as someone who has been in it as long as he has and everything he's a, he's a, a captain knowing knowing that tony lives in this like it's mansion.
1: Pretty much a mansion
2: to me yeah
1: it's a, and, it's a real nice house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: And Polly's just got this regular Joe apartment, mm-hmm. you know, that he has. And um, you, you just kind of see that not all the guys are as successful as Tony or the, the, the. this is their life. He doesn't have kids, right? Right. He's never been married, doesn't have kids. So, like, this is his, this is all he has. Yep. And you kind of see that. And especially with. They go down to Florida. That's when you see Tony, like, getting really annoyed with him. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I I totally feel that. Like, this is all he has. These are the only people that he has in his life, and all he has are his his memories and his stories. And it starts to really annoy Tony. And you really kind of are scared for Polly when they go out um, on on that boat alone (laughs) because it's flashbacks, reminiscent of Pussy's death. And I, I really, I actually thought that that was it was going to happen just because of um, how how Tony was acting because Tony is going through like another kind of midlife crisis in this yeah. season too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: In season five, like it seems like he always was, but he he really starts to turn around on a lot of different things like in season five, which is another reason why it's one of my favorites. Like because he's he, it seems like he's changing in different ways or he's just like you can see like him like ruminating on things a little bit more than he has before yeah um but yeah this the, the, i just like this episode for as a poly episode yeah
1: um. and Polly doesn't have a lot of episode focuses he's got a yeah. couple that's one of the good ones the one I am really hit hard by uh, AJ in the in the last season, uh, just going through this depression, and then when he tries to kill himself, uh, is you know the, like the rope is too long on the brick and things like that. So it was probably more like a the quote unquote cry for help. Cry for help. Yeah. Okay. But when Tony. Just happens to come home, you know. I mean, this is—he doesn't come home in the middle of the day all that often.
2: It's always a surprise when he does. And he can
1: hear him, and and just just the way he, you know, he jumps in the pool, he gets the brick out, gets AJ out, and and just like holding him, and and he's Mm -hmm. and he's like crying over his son, who he has had so much. There is a lot of animosity between Tony and AJ throughout Mm -hmm. the whole series. Because it's like, you know, I'm this tough guy and he's just like this little wimp. He's sensitive and he's, 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 well, he's, his, he's, his, he's, he's, a, he's, it's almost like he's a womanly child is how he thinks of it. I think is um, Carmela's son, not mine, you know, and all yeah. except that he got my rotten jeans. And so he he has panic attacks and he passes out too. That's kind of the way I feel like Tony sees him, but there's a moment where he goes towards the end of one of those episodes at the end of one of those episodes where he just, they just show Tony just walk in to the institution where, where AJ is being observed and just, they just kind of have a moment. He just puts his hand on his shoulder and it's kind of from a distance, but there's something really moving and, Powerful about that you know aj you know he sort of has these tendencies where he wants to sort of use throughout season five and six especially where he kind of wants to use this fact that he's tony soprano's son to have the lifestyle yeah. but he just has doesn't have it in himself to do what tony does i i don't he's not tony like you know the the guys that are making noise and the baby's crying you know Mm -hmm. and (laughs) this is and and instead of going and he just gives him their bike his bike you know it's it's just i I think aj especially in that sixth season i i just find that a really compelling arc for him too
2: when for the longest time he was like uh, one of my least favorite characters that really whiny annoying lazy teenage boy you know who's a really good liar everything that he said about you know yep to tony and carmela was oh it was always a lie and he was always like so emphatic about it that Mm -hmm. he you thought he even believed his own lies about how yeah, you know, like what? No, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Right. No, I don't know. I can't even remember specifically. Like but the one where he gets thinking. his sha- his <laughs>
1: eyebrows shaved off and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff. What well, we
2: weren't, we couldn't, we couldn't get back, you know, to Meadow's place. You know, we had to stay in the city. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. You know. Well, the thing is, uh, the, and, and, that, and this happens in a. There's one with Meadow too, in the second season. I really like. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. Is when after she's had the party. At uh, her Mm -hmm. grandma's house and she comes down the next morning and Tony and Carmela are both like, we're going to punish you. It's like, well, it wasn't my fault. You know, so-and-so brought so-and-so over And, and they do this whole thing where it's like, well... How am I supposed to have gas to get into the city? Well, we'll give you only twenty dollars then. And this, like she has she's completely manipulating them. And the look on her face yep. as she's walking out of the room is just a smug yep. look of I got exactly what I wanted. They don't punish her at all in that. Yep. In that you know, it's like she doesn't even need to clean up her mess afterwards you know they show her at the end of the episode i think janice probably has something to do with her actually cleaning the house at the end but uh
2: she she knows she's daddy's girl yeah
1: yeah but that is one of the best um sort of scenes in the as far as parenting goes it's yeah. just like and then I, well, there, there are moments with aj too like where they're sharing ice cream and they're doing the whipped cream in their mouths and stuff yeah uh, they have some they have some, some, they have some, some cute moments so like where he lets him drive the boat and they and they sort of get in the way <laughs> of the little dinghy and <laughs> it's pretty it's
2: good well, I, a big thing with AJ too, I think, is that okay. So Meadow knows, I think, that that she's Daddy's girl, but she also tells AJ something that I think he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. When she tells him, it's like, you know, you're 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 a son and you're Italian. Like, do you know how important that is? Right. Do you know how important you are? Do you know how much mom and dad actually care about you? And I don't think he believed that.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't before. think so either.
2: Because so. as much as you kind of hated him, as much as he was, like, really annoying and just, like, wouldn't get his shit together and was always lying, there was definitely a conflict of him just not really knowing who he was. I mean, yeah. any teenager goes through, you know? Mm-hmm. His was just maybe a little bit more dramatic. And then when he finally does, you, you think he turns around, even though I didn't believe it for a second when he was with Blanca. Right. Um, right. I I really didn't think that that was gonna last, and and it doesn't.
1: Despite the tattoo, but, uh, he gets <laughs> he gets he gets her name tattooed on his arm. That's right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and yeah, his whole descent into depression, which and Tony Tony had been saying stuff like that from the beginning, hadn't he? Because he knew that it was a thing that his father and grandfather mm-hmm. had too, like that was passed down to him. Like he was always afraid of this happening. Yep. To AJ. Yeah, you just really feel that whole like sins of the father, not, not really sins, but just like something from the father being passed down to the son that you you don't want right. to, them to have to go through. Yeah, that's, that was heartbreaking for him.
1: So I think um, the final season also has a couple of sort of big questions that always seem to come up. Uh, the first one is well,
2: can we well can we also talk about uh, Christopher's arc?
1: That's where I was just, going. Okay, good. <laughs> the big question I think, and, and we're gonna we'll pose the question and then talk about that arc is why does Tony kill him? Why why does Tony um just I I have my ideas, um, but what's the deal with Christopher?
2: Okay, so this season is where Christopher is kinda of turning things around. Yeah. Seemingly. He's getting his addiction under control. More He's, or less, yeah. More or less, mm-hmm. trying to go into meetings, mm-hmm. and uh, you see all the struggles that he has about the temptations about you know being around the guys and being around alcohol and everything, and so he's not around as much as he was before. He <laughs> the part that just kind of makes me mad though, just because of the whole Adriana thing, is with the, the, the the Kelly Kelly this girl that pops up out of nowhere yep. and says that she's she's pregnant and. You know, he immediately you know says that we're gonna get married. I was like, "What? Aren't you supposed to like choke her to death? Um, isn't that what you do with women that you love?" Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't love her. No, he doesn't. Well, he says he says that he does, and he immediately <laughs> wants to get married. When it's like, "Oh, really? Well, you you claim so much to love Adriana, and you were supposed to get married for so long, but no, whatever." Sorry. Well, now I think Adrian. look. I well, look
1: look at his relation <laughs> look at his relationship models though. Sure. <laughs> <You know.
2: laughs> he's not as volatile in this season as he has been before. He's not as like so much as as quick to anger and like shouting and stuff as, as he was. He's a lot more peaceful and calm just because he's kind of going through the whole addiction the recovery. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The recovery, but uh, I don't know. I think Tony doesn't ever really believe him i think and the reason that he kills him i think because um he's kind of sick of his bullshit yeah and he takes it as an excuse or a reason to to finally get rid of him i think he's disappointed with him he's disappointed he doesn't believe that he's ever really going to change
0: yeah
1: i think so and uh, because it keeps cutting back to the tree branch and hit Mm -hmm. in, in the car seat like if the baby had been in there it would have been impaled by this tree
2: yeah and he's surprised that nobody else like agrees with him that everybody is like super sad about christopher dying
1: yeah well tony was going to have christopher be his mouthpiece Everything was going to go through Christopher. It was going to be closer than him and Sill as his conciliary. It was going to be everything about it you was try that
2: again? <laughs> <consigliere> <laughs> Was
1: you know he was gonna, that he was going to do all of this. I mean, it was going to be mm. like really his heir mm-hmm. more than Anthony ever would be. AJ. So the fact that he just keeps fucking up, yeah, is just like. I think he, his disappointment is, is stronger with him than it is with uh, AJ at this point. And the, the whole thing where Christopher is saying, I wouldn't pass a drug test. It's like, yeah. you're telling me that after all that we've gone through with mm-hmm. you and the drugs, mm-hmm. you're high to You relapsed, yeah. You know, and I yeah. think it's just like, that's it you know yeah and he sees an out it's kind of a
2: last straw thing he yeah.
1: sees an out and he takes it and i think there's also the whole cleaver thing i think as much as he wants to pretend that it didn't bother him that the boss was based on on him yeah um that he knows the he in knows the freaking it. yeah he knows carmel is right he knows Carmela's yeah. right about it and
2: that was absolutely your your basement at yeah. home that you yeah. saw that scene from the movie yeah. you know I think he was upset about Juliana too. Yep, that Christopher got her. Yeah, in a way, <laughs> you know,
1: and corrupted her again. Essentially, mm-hmm. they they sort yeah. of corrupted each other because they both relapsed. Mm-hmm. They relapsed together. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. I think he's just done with him. Yeah, and he doesn't believe in a redemption for him, which I don't know that I do either. Because as soon as he you know gets back into the drugs and stuff, he kills that guy. <laughs> right. If just a little taste like gets you to do something, you know, as horrible as that, like, uh, yeah, I mean, addiction is something that you're gonna struggle with your whole life, sure, but yeah. especially for him, it's more dangerous than for the average person. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's so quick to violence mm-hmm. with people that he claims to care about. Yep. he would have fucked up even bigger probably later on. You know? Yeah,
1: I think in a way, uh, Christopher is. I mean obviously Tony's the protagonist of the series but Christopher is kind of what the show is about in a way. But
2: I, uh, I hate Christopher.
1: I know and Christopher is <laughs> Christopher's one of those characters where I mean I even Michael Imperioli is like I don't like Christopher I wouldn't nev- <laughs> I would okay. never hang out with this guy he's just too unreliable and I think he's sort of I don't know maybe he's sort of representative of that younger generation of the mob where it's they're just the drugs and the unreliability all that stuff that's in goodfellas you know mm. because that that's why the mob fell apart so much um in the getting into drugs because well, the drug element the mm. drug element because people would flip in instead of taking a long sentence for drug things so um anyway um the other big question i think is what happened what happened at the end? What, it cuts <laughs> to black. What do you think? The prevailing, you know, oh, Tony must have gotten whacked right after the cut to black. Or is it something else? Does he live? Is it just, hey, the family is back together because Meadow walks in through the door. We don't see her. We just hear the bell. But we see her walk up to the door. Um, and the and she would be the logical choice as to who rings the bell. And the family's back together, so that's the end of the story. What do you think?
2: And Well, and what has Tony been afraid of kind of deep down throughout the whole series?
1: Losing what his are family.
2: Ducks, what do the ducks represent? Yeah, it's all
1: about <laughs> the family. Um, and, yeah. and so that's my personal, I like to take the optimistic take on this (laughs) a lot of people are like oh the guy in the members only jacket comes out of the bathroom with a gun and whacks him in front of his family which you know i don't know if that was i I guess that's what happened to phil though so i mean he got whacked in front of his family and then his face gets run over
2: they make a point something too it's like when they're they're having the big war or whatever you know family they don't mess with family it's just the guys right Mm -hmm. so you wonder if they would have done it, would they have done it in front of his family or not? Right. That's that seems what, like it would yeah. be. That seems like it would be against the code or whatever.
1: Right. And who would it be? Because I mean, does does Phil uh, obviously? It's got to be one of Phil's guys. But they made the deal with Phil with Phil's guys before that to say, you know,
2: like there's never been any gotta, kind of outlier that this. wanted to get yeah. revenge. Of course, so, of course. Who know? knows?
1: I mean maybe junior had one marble left and was able to sing. (laughs) you know who knows
2: and i think that um the song that's that you chooses, don't stop believing yeah don't stop believing and what are are the lyrics of that though it goes on and on on and on and on. on yeah so i don't know i kind of have maybe an optimistic idea of it too because i like that it ends with the family yeah them getting together when they've been they've gone through like so and, much, and what's interesting? And they're coming together, and they're coming together, and they're going out to dinner. Not at like um what's Artie's? Uh, right,
1: place? they're not at Vesuvio. Oh. The Vesuvio. They're not
2: Vesuvio, or like one of the nicer places. They're at this like cute little diner. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's we, something we that really comes back a lot before. in the
1: movie. It it was an ice cream parlor in, uh that is in the movie that has been reworked into the sort of 50s diner place yeah
2: so that kind of gives it more of like an intimacy yeah i think yeah the intimacy of the family like coming together again and
1: Uh and they're all kind of mobbed up now (laughs) because you know aj has this job in the inner you know as a script reader but you know because tony got him the job which is probably you know like These are the producers that Christopher was working with for Cleaver. So we've got some stuff for you to do. And he's kind of into it. As much as he wants to not admit it, you see that he's kind of into it. He likes the new car. Because he's good
3: at
2: talking. Yeah. Well, he's good at talking. And he's good at, like, Mm -hmm. maybe not so much the violence part of Tony. But, like, the getting on people's good side and getting them to do things for you. Like, just... Yeah, by by talking. Yeah, I think that's what he's good at. Yeah,
1: and yeah. We, and we know Carmela's all in. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and
2: Meadow's probably gonna be like a, 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 a white lawyer. collar guy <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, sure. She so
1: talks about. <laughs> what, I've seen you because uh, she's seen uh, the way Italian Americans are treated unfairly, uh, is what she says.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Okay.
2: But so if that was the point, w- wouldn't they have? made
3: it to where meadow made it to the table too or is that i think it's like
2: she's
1: there she's there so we're done <laughs> I, th- I really think that's what's going on and i take this because david chase was saying you know all these people are thinking that he gets whacked right after that it's like you know what people have been in love with this character saying don't whack him don't whack him don't whack him for six years and now all of a sudden they want his blood
2: it ends with like a war between the families though. that has but just you, that ended you, that you think as has been resolved yeah but there's always there's maybe there's some always someone else feelings some hard feelings still about how things happened Yeah, you know, i don't know i kind of have a i think i have a little bit more optimistic view of it too <laughs> yeah
1: i wasn't sure what to think the first time i saw it but since then i've just kind of been like you know i'm gonna choose life <laughs> i'm gonna choose life
2: it's been so dark and depressing a lot of times before. Let's, ha- let's have an, an optimistic ending. Yeah. Maybe. Sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how about some odds and ends? Okay. So we've kind of talked about what happens to the core family. What about Janice? Is she just going to find another man and just eat him alive I too? So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, probably. And that's another. She feels like
2: someone who can't get out of her own cycle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bobby's death is a tough one. I got to say oh my God. That's, that's a tough Why? one yeah. again
2: somebody that you love that you do not want to see go Yep. dies horribly yeah yep. that's the show's really good at unfortunately Ugh. yeah
1: yeah I, I I think Melfi just goes on with her life I don't think that there's mm. uh any who knows maybe Tony comes back and she says okay you know after all because they keep on doing this dance where yeah because he breaks up then she breaks up and then you know yeah so i think that it could start again who knows uh silvio ends with he's in a coma
2: been in the hospital yeah Yeah.
1: do you think uh, he has a recovery do you think he just dies
2: he got shot okay in the shoulder
1: and in the abdomen and like in the side yeah. somewhere yeah. so I, he's also a lot older so i i, I kind of wonder about him I kinda of think he stays in the coma for a while and then just kinda of drifts off and dies. That's kinda of my thought. But I think his wife yeah. stays there with him.
2: I still kind of like Sylvia.
1: I, d- I, don't I know. know, and Sylvia's a tough one. <laughs> now Polly <laughs> one. Polly Polly, uh, I
2: think, is just is in it until he just dies at the, you know, at the table in the back, goes at your one I think day, you're you know? probably right. I, I, you know what because, I mean? <laughs> you know,
1: he thinks that being part, the head of that crew is cursed. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which, you know, maybe... But the cat is a a funny little touch at the The end. The cat
2: is not staring at the picture of Christopher. Yeah.
1: And he's just sitting there, you know, with the... uh, So superstitious. He's just sitting there getting his tan with his little reflector.
2: I always love those moments when they're outside like that.
1: Yeah. So those are kind of the ones that I thought of, you know, of the what happens next people. I think Artie and and, um, I think Charmaine just kind of keeps pulling Artie further and further away. From Tony, And that's mm-hmm. probably a good thing. And I think Tony yes. probably, you know, he's distancing himself a little bit from Artie by the yeah. end too. Um, you know, it's like we're, we just have separate lives now. It's like, I'll always love you, but.
2: I think so too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So one of the things that I find really funny is like the sight gags and the misstatements yeah. of the show.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, one of my favorite.
2: So I wish I had written these all down. I know, like I know. The beginning. One of my favorite sight
1: gags, and this is what made me think of this question, was just one in the sixth season where Silvio's reading a book that says how to clean absolutely <laughs> anything, and he's just like, oh, it's very funny. Um, he's very
2: intently reading. This. And then,
1: yeah, exactly. And then um, Phil and some of the other guys are at. They go to a parlor it's called flat bush bikini waxing <laughs> which is maybe the funniest thing ever. Okay. I, I can't honestly think of a lot of others but i mean even the bada bing is just i mean the sign and everything is really pretty yeah. funny um the exclamation point yeah that it, <laughs> like the nipple. Nipple. yeah um i i love the misstatements that they make you know like too many uh Johnny in the flashbacks is like I have an albacore hanging around my neck I, I love that one I think <laughs> it was really funny um, and then when Bobby and Tony are talking and he says you know Quasimodo predicted all of this <laughs> it's like what What? And it's like you know Nostradav- it's, Nostradamus Nostradamus so they're the much... hunchback of Notre Dame it's like oh but Notre Dame Nostradamus it's pretty similar
2: it's, it's so much so funnier funny. when they when yeah. they don't correct them yeah. though yeah <laughs> when they just and you kind of let it go and you're just kind of left going wait what did he say? I love the
1: line where, where Tony says I just buried my nephew a fucking prostate with grief,
0: with grief. <laughs> yeah
1: I was and, and it's like in the middle of the heat of the moment so it's just it almost passes you by without even but it's uh-huh. really funny
2: i I, I found this uh, website that kind of combined uh, what's the word I can't even think of a word now wrote <laughs> no. down a bunch of them. Um, and a lot of them are from Little Carmine. I, I didn't. Oh, Little Carmine has too. got
1: some funny stuff too. Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, I, I did catch this one too. He says he calls something like an alteration with Coco. Oh, that's another tough scene when um Tony like pretty much curb stomps that guy. Right. Oh, that what he
1: says to Meadow. That was one oh. of the that that was one of the things where I was like, when I told you there's stuff coming up with the kids that really got to me when Meadow gets um, sort of harassed by the guy in the restaurant mm-hmm. that, and then Tony goes after him. That yeah. is really, I, I get that, you know, and oh, yeah. in on, honesty, like it, my daughter and I went to a McDonald's the other day cause she wanted something for lunch. And um, we were like the only people in the drive through. And so we pull up to look at the menu and they and the guy can, okay go ahead and order and I said just a moment please and 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 so she told me what she wanted I told him and then I said to what do you want to drink and it says and the guy on the speaker says what do you want to drink with that it's like just a moment please <laughs> okay and then she tells me and she can't think of it and it says and he starts saying hello hello are you there and like yeah I said just a moment okay she wants water okay is bottled okay yeah it says alright hey next time so when you come up here why don't you um, know what you're gonna order before you start and I said excuse me (laughs) we just got here we're trying to decide what we want fuck you (laughs) and I just drove up to the window and the poor guy that was standing there I thought it was him that took our order and I said there's no need to be rude dude what's up and it's like, and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> and I said, and it's like, um, nope. sir, I'm not wearing a headset. I was like, and I and I <laughs> went, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I thought it was you. And I, I just, it was just like, it was kind of embarrassing. But so you don't mess with a guy with his with his daughter.
3: Yeah. That's the whole point of I, that
1: story, okay? I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm not Tony Soprano, so I'm not going to go curb stomp the guy, but. <laughs> Just, uh, I had
2: a moment like that. Yeah. I remember with with my dad Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Or I kind of I felt definitely felt that um, protectiveness. Yeah. And it was kind of nice actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it also kind of felt like uh, too. What I, what I was feeling of that was like, um, okay, I know this is about Meadow but I'm gonna I'm gonna put Melfi in that in that uh, <laughs> position for sure right now. You yeah. know, kind of getting that that vengeance.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: The fact that the guy doesn't die, though, because they they say he doesn't—that didn't kill him. It just like knocked out a bunch of his teeth. Right. I was like, "Damn." Yeah. <laughs> that seemed that seemed like it killed him.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. He has the tooth in his in his pants. In his pants, <laughs> uh, like the cuff. Oh man, that's. <laughs>
2: so. But we were talking about in the statements. Okay, so there was that. Um, he says something like, um, "We're in a fucking stagmire." <laughs> <laughs> Tony says, what um, with the passing of Vito Senior and all that entrails, <laughs> it's ones like those when they don't they, they don't correct them, yeah. or they, they don't nobody catches it. Yeah. It's so much funnier. Yeah.
1: They, they really are.
2: <laughs> oh, and the, there's no stigmata connected with going to a shrink. Right. You know? <laughs> Just remember that. That's a good one.
1: That's a good one. I think Christopher says that one right." hey no that's a little car oh that's a little karma. that's right that's right yeah oh yeah lots of good create stuff
2: create a little dysentery in the ranks. that's a <laughs> Chris, christopher one <laughs> he's also the one that says lewis right. at the beginning that
1: luca luca, <laughs> luca brazi <laughs> it's just such a oh, well
2: i remember show. this one too um i forgot what episode it was but i remembered it when i read it um tony says Revenge is like serving cold cuts. Yes, I love that one.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was like, so close, but somehow it, I don't know, kind of worse? No? I don't know this one.
1: Yeah, I love that one. It's such a well-written show. The characters are so
3: yeah. um,
1: beautifully fleshed out by the actors. The direction is beautifully done.
3: It's It really
1: works on, on rewatch. As well, I, I think it um, kind of rewards multiple viewings.
2: I, I finally get it now when people are saying that it's like one of the best shows ever. I was like, yeah, okay.
1: It really right. is. <laughs> it really is. And honestly, um, it, I think I find it more meaningful now than I did initially because uh, I saw it in my 20s. And so I was now watching it again in my 40s, what, closer to the age of Tony. Um, it's just a different experience and having kids who are heading off to college and it's the relatable stuff that i think is really powerful i mean then the mob stuff is just kind of like i like mob movies you know (laughs) (laughs) but uh but again it's uh, all those interpersonal relationships
2: yeah most of that stuff Mm -hmm. was secondary to the characters yeah and they're relationships absolutely i
1: mean the show is called the sopranos for a reason because it's so much about the family uh and the extended family and the the kind of family that's formed in the crew you know
2: it was great it was like i said i hadn't been like this emotionally invested in something in a really long time and Mm -hmm. so many conflicting emotions throughout which um was was frustrating but fascinating at the same time which r- kind of really makes you like think about different things and think about the characters and like what they're really you know who are they really what do they really believe what do they really stand for it's yeah. like it, all of them it could be like different things we could have like probably a debate about every single character oh absolutely well, but we don't have time for that no but no. <laughs> <laughs> i think we've talked long enough but yeah. that's yeah yeah i'm definitely going to be going through the the series again because yeah. I, I watched it i it was so it was so bingeable, and it was like the only thing i was watching for weeks that i was watching like multiple episodes a, a night so I, re- I really love to yeah definitely go back and hone in on the, some of those episodes and those moments and yeah. knowing what, what happens sure going back to those some of those relationships and how they start and how they evolve and yes yeah, yeah. and some so of, much good stuff and
1: some yeah. of it too is just sort of knowing who the characters are um and just keeping them straight it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah was, you know because there are a lot yeah, was, it's hard to keep up <laughs> at, at the first you know
2: it was honestly a little tough at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, said, I didn't even know who Vito was for the longest time right, <laughs> right it took me a while to like get everybody's name right yeah <laughs> so yeah it was great it was it's was actually kind of great watching it like so far removed from it being like the biggest thing ever like when mm-hmm. it was maybe when it was first airing yeah
1: the water like cooler discussion, of, yeah.
2: Yeah, kind of catching up with it on my own later on was, I don't know, it's kind of maybe more a little bit more rewarding yeah, <laughs> in a way. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, hey, good discussion. Um, I know it's a little bit of a marathon one here, and yeah. I, I, I don't know how much shorter than three hours this is going to end up being in the end, but probably not much. It seemed like that was Oops. a fairly... Uh, <laughs> fairly a flowing conversation you know um so anyway um, that's just what we do we talk for a long time yeah so oops uh, so um perhaps we should wrap this up um okay first of all uh we can bring up what we've got up next we have our
2: what are we doing next
1: (laughs) high school episode Oh, is, okay. is, uh, which we have already recorded we've already teased
2: that yeah, yeah
1: we already teased it we already recorded it um, so we uh, talked about Me and Earl and the Dying Girl and Easy A um, and yep. we hope you enjoy that one uh, so that's coming up real quick couple weeks I assume <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, and it's weird recording these a little out of order I know of when, like of I haven't started on that one <laughs> of when they're going to air so anyway but yeah um, we're hoping to get a couple more in the can here uh, pretty soon and then we will uh, continue putting those out on our feed for you uh, so make sure you're subscribed make sure if you haven't uh, given a rate or review uh, we would appreciate that uh, okay. as long as it's a positive one a nice we appreciate one. It. a nice yeah. a nice one is good uh for for a show like ours that um kind of rises and falls based on the reviews sometimes um we would love to have it rise with the positive review. <laughs> uh, where you can find us <laughs> yeah. online i suppose uh you can find me on the platforms um, whatever they are now um at brian waves 42 on pretty much all of them I'm just um, at Michelle
2: Agin, mostly on Instagram.
1: And the show is still on Twitter, AKA X, but I'm never going to call it that. So don't no, worry. Never. And Instagram at movie life pod. We'll kind of see what happens with Twitter because it, I don't know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's seems like it's entered a new phase of weirdness. So um, yeah. we'll see what happens uh, with that. But yeah, uh, for the time being, uh, we're at Movie Life Pod there, and yep. Instagram. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna end with some clever line, you know, from oh, the show, I'm and I, about I can't. That. <laughs> I totally drop in the ball on this. Yeah. So,
2: um, well, I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs>
1: well, when you wake up in the morning,
2: we'll start singing. Yeah,
1: which I'll play the song. How about we just <laughs> play the song? Yourself.
2: Do you have, like, a little dance that you do? Because like, I never, never once, like, the whole, my whole watch through, did I skip that opening thing? Oh, I didn't never. skip. No, I didn't either. <laughs> I don't have a dance was, I was, school, I was always, like, I always had my little dance going, and I was singing along. I love that song. Yeah. That was great. Yeah.
1: And it will That's be. That's
2: a great, like, opening yeah. title sequence, too. The, the title sequence driving, and, the, and the song is so,
1: is so perfect. You know, woke up this morning, got yourself a gun, and then always told you you're the chosen one and uh, you're one in a million and you're you're burn, shine. yeah your you're daddy never told you about right and wrong i mean right wrong. <laughs> there's so much in that uh song yep. that is just tailor-made for this show practically even though it was created long before the show so anyway him
2: driving through the city
1: where does he end up at home at home oh, yeah
0: Oh, perfect. Yeah.
1: All right. So, okay. Well, take care, folks. Of and What view. are we going to do? We'll see
0: you all next time. For a smile, they Bye. can Bye. share the night. It goes on and on.